Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Town and Country Harlow, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Southstand Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everyone, Happy New Year, welcome back, this is episode number 304, our very first of 2023, and thanks to everyone who tuned in to all of our shows throughout 2022, we hope that you enjoyed our last show before Christmas, we had a chat with Theo Archibald, um, very interesting chat with him, he's a very cultured young man, so uh, if you haven't uh, yet had a chance to listen, he's on at the very beginning of that show. This week though, bit of a bumper show, we've got two weeks worth of news because we've had uh, a bit of Christmas off, so we're all stuffed here. Uh, we've got three matches and also, rather spontaneously, we have an exclusive chat with Chairman Nigel Travis coming up very, very shortly. Actually, just the other side of the top of the show, which we always start with a word from our sponsor. We do. So for the last time this season on the Orient Outlook podcast, we are sponsored, or the podcast is sponsored by Town and Country Harlow Estate Agents, who are run by two Orient season ticket holders and fellow fans. And along with this podcast, have helped dozens of people move home. And the best bit is they offer all O's fans and staff a discount from their already competitive fees so if you're thinking of selling your property or just curious as to its value you can save yourself a few hundred quid and keep it on your own family by giving them a call on 01279 883444 or giving them a call on 07528471497 or contacting the tween at twitter who can be found at tnc harlow or you can tag Charlie, who is it can be found at Charlie underscore Paul. And town and country don't just sell houses, they change lives. They absolutely do. Uh, so thanks very much to them. Uh, now, as I mentioned just a moment ago, uh, I caught up over the weekend with Chairman Nigel Travis. Rather uh, spontaneously, it wasn't pre-planned, so thanks very much. Uh, to Nigel for giving uh, your time. It was pre-recorded just before the Newport game. He was about to uh, leave to jump on the train to mm. go to Newport before he flew back home to Boston. So Nigel, thanks very much for this. Very much appreciated. So here's just under a quarter of an hour uh, with me having a chat with Nigel Travis. Nigel, thanks very much indeed uh, for joining us and, and happy Christmas to you. Just great to, to be speaking to you and just to, to really hear so far your thoughts on, on the season so far as we as we approach the halfway point now. Well, uh, firstly, Paul, thanks uh, for recording this on the day we go to Newport. So we don't know the result and I'm sure you'll be playing this after the game uh, on Sunday. So... Uh, we're not going to talk about that game because we don't know. But that, uh, I want to wish, firstly, you a belated Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and the same to our, all our fans who've travelled far and wide and I'm sure I'll see many of them on the way to um, Newport today. Uh, looking forward to the game. So I think, you know, it's been a terrific season so far. Um, we've got a wonderful head coach here, Richie Wellens. Um, Richie has so many skills that I think are impressive from his man management, the engagement with the players and the coaches. Um, he thinks not just one game at a time, he thinks several games. And I think it's fair to say right now is a good example because we had a top of the table game with Stevenage. We got a game against the team further down at the table tonight at Newport and then another top of the table game with Northampton. So we've got three tough games. So I think. You know, I fully expect, but don't know, I fully expect Richie to rotate some players because he wants to keep them fresh. And I think he's done that very, 
very well all season. So we're in a good position, but what I said at the meeting and what I've continued to say, and I said this to the players the other day, is complacency is something we're not going to tolerate and that needs everyone, including the fans uh, and all the backroom staff to keep working really hard because even though we're in a great position right now, uh, we've all seen examples in other leagues and historically where people have lost leads so we need to keep very focused keep picking up every point we can so complacency has to be absolutely banned absolutely um so <clears throat> we sit top of the tree uh, as it stands uh, at the moment um we play as you say newport county tonight um in terms of the rest of the season uh, perhaps a little bit forward thinking here um your thoughts or, or sort of expectations if we obviously carry on the trajectory that we're on, um, it's highly likely we'll be champions and certainly don't want to put the bock on it by, by talking about that. But given the strong start we've had, is expectation in the boardroom that we are likely, uh, we are going to be in that sort of top three spot come the end of the season? Is that what the chatter is on the WhatsApp groups of the board and, and, and on your sort of team's calls that you have? Yeah, I mean... We went into the season wanting to get promotion, which in theory means the top seven. But you don't want to go the hard way through the playoffs, so we're very focused on trying to be in the top three. We don't really talk about champions because no one's more superstitious than me. Um, so we don't talk about any of that. Um, and we don't even put promotion bonuses into the budget for the same reason. Um, so um, we talk about improving. But we have to be realistic. We might be in League 2 or League 1 next year, so we have to plan for that. And we're doing a lot of planning um, on both ways for that. And and I think it's fair to say, you know, the fans should know that we still operate at a significant loss. Uh, the success we've had this year, we're not top of the table in terms of the spending in the league, but we're way up there. So that's all come out of our pockets because effectively we fund the losses so we're trying to fulfill the promise we made to the fans when we bought the club back in 2017 by getting back to where we were and and you know that takes money and we continue to invest uh, and it's not just in players and salaries that go with it it's also you know putting up money to keep Richie which I think was absolutely critical going back it was things like the ad boards, uh, the East Stand roof, all this takes money because I'm determined to fulfill the promise I made, which is to make sure the Leighton Orient is still going in 100 years, which unfortunately you and I won't see. Mm. But that's the goal that I said when we came. And I think the other thing I'd say is the board will be beginning to think beyond just getting there. We've got to make sure now that we think about the next stage of our development. And I think the goal that we've set ourselves is to be a top 50, 60 club, which means effectively being in, let's say, the lower reaches of the championship or more realistically, the top, let's say, 8, 9, 10 of League One. So that's the next goal after we fulfil the goal when we bought the club. So a lot of planning going on, a lot of talk about finance. Um, so, you know, we continue to look for ways to improve our financial performance. I want to thank the fans for turning it up, but I am disappointed that the number that actually appear is only about 80% per game. So we have to try and boost that. 
Uh, I'd encourage people to try the ticket exchange because that does give you some money back and also gives the club an opportunity to resell the ticket. But we want to get even more in the stadium. I think we also want to get more in the stadium to make more noise to support the team. So a lot of discussion around all of that. But as you say, it's all about how how we can proceed the, the momentum, keep the momentum going till the end of the season and then look forward. Interesting. And speaking of finances and money and, and, and so forth, obviously just round the corner we've got the January transfer window. I think most fans are not really expecting a lot of incomings, um, maybe one or two outgoings. Are you able to share without, I guess, giving away to uh, any other clubs that may may listen to this? I don't want to get ahead of myself and have delusions of grandeur here, but just, just to not give away too much in the trade secret department in terms of what we might be able to expect come January? We know there's a lot of scouts looking at our players at the moment. Are we expecting any kind of significant departures that you can share with us or, or any incomings? Well, the first thing is you, you never know. I mean, football's a game of surprises. Mm. Um, we've offered four players, which I think is pretty well known, new contracts, four significant players, four people we think are very important to the team. And Richie, when he was sick the other week, did a lot of time, spent a lot of time analysing what's happened to clubs who've gone up. And Forest Green, I think, is the example we talked about when we had the Q&A at the stadium. And he found that they lost, I think it was three significant players, including Igor Adams, who we all know. Uh, they also lost their manager. So he thinks the priority is signing those very important players to new contracts and we're, let's say, in the middle of the process um, right now. Um, so that is the number one priority. There may be one or two people coming in. Um, at the moment, we're not expecting anyone to go out. Um, but who knows? Someone may be desperate and want to make a phenomenal offer, which obviously we'll have to look at. But I want to repeat, our number one goal is promotion. So it will be looked at through those eyes rather than, yeah, let's make a quick buck. So that's the way I think the board as a whole will look at it. That's certainly the way I will look at it. But we have weekly football meetings and we talk about it. Um, we're all very united on thinking about it. And I want to add something else that I talked to the players about last week. Um, you know, we've had a very good year on loans. And Mike Steele, who does a lot of the analysis for recruitment, also has done another job this year, being loan manager, he's done a great job. And we've had a lot of people out on loans. And we do that for two reasons. One is it brings in money. And two, it develops players. And internally, I was very critical of the fact that we hadn't done a good job on loans last season. And, and it's very important when you've got young players, and we've got a lot of young players, if they're not getting pitch time in the uh, first uh, team, they need to go out on loan. And sometimes you move them down to a tier six club, then the next time a tier five club. And we've got some great relationships out there. And to show how important it is, I went to see uh, Watford and Millwall three days ago. And I actually was going through all the Millwall players. It was amazing how many have come through there 
ranks and we know that we've had a couple on loan to ask people like Alex Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the loan program is very important and so far this year it's been very successful. Amen. Um, just to come back to what you said earlier, are you, uh, if I was to pin my um, thoughts on this, would, would I be right in thinking that Lawrence Figaro, Paul Smith, maybe Dan Happy are three out of the four that we've offered contracts to? Or are you not prepared to say? Yeah, and, and Omar Beckles. And Omar Beckles, yeah, okay. Um, great. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll hear some good news uh, from them. Anything, uh, for those that perhaps may have missed it, as, as I did and, and numerous others that I know did, that you, you held a, a really great Q&A with, with Richie after the Stevenage game in the Legends Lounge. Just perhaps for those that, that weren't able to make that, are you able to kind of give an overview as to what was discussed there? What sort of questions you got? Yeah. I assume most of them were around transfers. Uh, yeah, we talked about what I just said. Yeah. Um, we also talked about the game, which, uh, you know, I think Richie said politely that we were the better team. And, um, you know, we discussed the officiating as well. I won't go into that <laughs> in any great detail, but Fair. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we were, I wouldn't say pleased with the point, but it's another point closer to our goal. Um, and obviously we stopped Stephen H getting three points so that was also good um, I think it was encouraging yesterday that Northampton lost um, uh, Swindon perhaps moved up a bit Carlisle seemed to be the dark horses yeah. still bashing away mm. um, we talked about that we talked about um, <laughs> we talked about a few players uh, little Smith up to be in the room and uh, Richie was talking about the strikers and we talked about how he should grow a bit uh, and he popped up over the wall that was quite kind of a funny event uh, sometimes by the way when you do Q&A you can't actually remember all the questions um, but it was a very good event I think we had a little bit of fun as well Richie's kind of humorous when he answers some of the questions so that was good and I think it's something we're going to repeat more often because there's um, we love keeping people in the ground after the game um, and I think this is a way to boost the fan engagement even more, we work very hard at that so I think, you know I've suggested to Mark that we might see in future combinations like Kent and Richie or Kent and Martin Mark and someone um, you know, it doesn't have to last too long and I think the Q&A this week lasted about 20 minutes and I think we covered most of the subjects so far in our conversation. Okay. Um, not to keep you too long because I know you're going to go and jump on a, a train to Newport very shortly. So just to finish then, uh, do you have a message uh, for the fans um, that we can end on? Yeah, I do. Uh, firstly, thank you for being so determined to get to games despite the horrors of strikes and rail disruption um, push all your f- friends to make sure they turn up at Brisbane Road I still think Brisbane Road can be louder and we're thinking ourselves about how we can get more noise because I think we've got a team that deserves to be supported it was interesting, I went to the darts with Matt Porter yesterday and met Barry Hearn um, and he thinks it's the best team he's seen in 20 years he loves the way they play football. So we've got a team that deserves to be supported. 
So I ask our fans to be even louder. Um, I noted that someone <laughs> quoted that I was singing at one stage, which was true, actually. So let's make a lot of noise. Uh, but let's look forward to the new year. Um, and my biggest message to everyone is, in the new year, let's not get complacent. The job is not done. We may have, I think it's 52 points now. Um, I think if we could win tonight, there'd be a record again. Certainly more than Forest Green had, who I think we've already beaten them, actually. I think they had 51 at a halfway point last year. So we've got to keep bashing away. And it means taking every game and being determined to get points out of that game. We will have, I think, a couple of rough patches because that's the way the football is. Even teams like Manchester City and Liverpool have that. So we just have to keep being consistent and being very supportive. And so far, the fans have done a great job. And that is Nigel Travis, chairman of our great football club. Thanks again, Nigel, for uh, sparing us some time before you had to go to Newport. Shame uh, you weren't able to come back with all three points. But hopefully that sheds a bit of light on what was discussed at the Q&A that happened um, after the Stevenage game. Um, I think that's going to be a, a feature that we're going to see more of post-games, where we're going to see board members and, and directors uh, upstairs after games answering questions from fans. Um, so yeah keep an eye on the on the club's website and, and social media channels yeah great stuff great interview Mr Levy first time I've heard that one and again thank you to Nigel because that was a very short notice interview there so as always we'll follow up with supporters club updates so two trips to tell you about this week first of all we are off to Stevenage in a massive game on Saturday the 21st of January this one kicks off at 3pm the coaches leave at noon the cost of this one is £25 for adults £22 for concessions with kids under 15 travelling for £13. And then we're away on the following Saturday, longer trip off to Tranmere Rovers on the 28th of January, which is a Saturday. Coaches leave at 8.30 for this one, kick off at 3, and adults will cost £42, £39 for concessions with kids travelling for £21. And please remember that these prices do not include your matchday tickets. So if you want to book for any of those trips, you can do so in the supporters club on any matchday pre- or post-match or by calling the travel line on 07507 539 579. I think Stevenage is all ticket if I'm not mistaken as well. So okay. You, I think. Uh, so anyway, either way, it's better to get your ticket before you go. So let's move on then. There's yeah. no AOB to cover from the past couple of weeks. So we're going to go straight into Tahuay Tuesday, the 22nd of December. There was one game in League Two as Northampton Town took on Carlisle United and beat them. 2-1, but although that didn't impact us at the top of the league, it did put some pressure on second place Stevenage ahead of our upcoming fixture. Yep, so let's get forward into Sunday the 25th of December. Merry Christmas everyone, we hope you all had an amazing day, hope you ate loads of food, drank lots of drink and got whatever your heart desired. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Monday the 26th of December, very happy Boxing Day to you all, and although a number of League 2 fixtures were played, we weren't in action due to our fixture being moved to Sky Sports, because we are massive. <laughs> Absolutely. Also on Boxing Day, Orient Youngster Matt Young posted a thank you to Haringey Borough FC and wished them all the best for the rest of the season. So it seems like his loan spell has ended. So to follow on from what Nigel said in his interview, getting the youngsters out on loan is a yeah. massive priority. It looks like Matt had a fairly successful spell at Haringey Borough. So we'll see where he ends up. Uh, 
In Next. This, yeah, absolutely right. Thursday, sorry, Tuesday the 27th of December, the main event of the day, uh, which was on Sky Sports, is Stevenage at home. And we, before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you think we'd get on in this one. And we had 211 votes, and the final vote was 12% thought we'd lose. 23 went for the draw and 65%, a whopping 65% thought we'd win. So thanks to everyone who took a moment to share their vote. Yeah, so the team was announced at half past 11 in the morning for the 12th hour to kick off as Lawrence Vigarou in goal with Jordan Brown, Omar Beckles, Dan Happy and Tom James in the defence, Idris El Mazzouni, Darren Prattley and George Moncur in midfield with Phil Archibald, Paul Smith and Charlie Kelman up top. On the bench, we had Sam Sargent, Shad Ogie, Rob Hunt, Craig Clay, Stephen Duke McKenna, Ruel Sotiriu and Aaron Drynan. Yes, that meant there was only one change from the O's lineup that faced Sutton as George Moncur came in to replace Aaron Drynan, who dropped to the bench. Yeah, I mean, arguably, that's the strongest 11 uh, on paper at this moment in time. So when I saw that lineup, I was fairly happy. That. No surprise omissions or inclusions, so I was happy with that one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do feel for Drynan, though, that he's not, not got a run, he's not got that crack that he probably feels he deserves um, and he probably needs, really, to get that run. Uh, of games under his belt but uh, we had a few tweets that came in Jack LOFC just tweeted quite simply perfect yeah he did Phil VZ1 said super strong lineup. always like Moncur and Brown in the team yeah so the match kicked off at half past 12 in front of the Sky Sports cameras at a fairly sunny and packed out Brisbane Road as it was first versus second place in League 2 and Stevenage got the game underway and it started quite frantically Stevenage keeping us in our half Norris firing a shot that took a looping deflection over the bar as early as the third minute. Yeah, in the 12th minute, the first Royal O's chance of the game is Charlie Kelman nicked the ball past his defender, got in on goal, he checked back to avoid a tackle and his shot took a deflection off Sweeney but was saved by the legs of Ashby Hammond in the Stevenage goal. Yeah, fast forward to the 17th minute and a frantic minute as Stevenage opened us up and Lawrence Vigory was forced to make a save who then cleared the ball to Paul Smith whose brilliance was there for all to see as he picked up the ball inside our own half, went on an amazing run, skipping past several tackles before he fired his shot just wide of the goal from a distance. Go for it. It would have been an amazing, another amazing goal in the Paul Smith uh, collection. collection. This yeah. was like ages ago, this game, even yeah. though it was barely a week ago. So, yeah, Paul Smith doing what Paul Smith does best. Unlucky there from our little Irish master. 21st minute, Idris Elmazuni went into the referee's book for a foul. So it's worth pointing out if people can cast their minds back. The ref was letting quite a lot go in this game at that point that Idris foul was definitely a booking but worth noting that by this point Paul Smith had been taken out by James Wilding the Stevenage right back a number of times and the fans were getting increasingly agitated as was Richie Wellens on the side it wasn't fair like yes it was a booking but then so was their right back he should have been booked much earlier Theo Archibald was brought down on the edge of the box by Roberts in the 25th minute, but Tom James's free kick was deflected out for a corner by Sweeney. Yeah, lots of back and forth in this one. Persistent fouling from Stevenage for the remainder of the half. We'll skip to the 44th minute when the ref finally booked James Wilding for an awful challenge. Not on Paul Smith, surprisingly, but on Darren Prattley. The halftime whistle went shortly after, uh, following a minute of injury time, and the teams went in at the first half. Goalers. Absolutely. So the attendance was announced as 8,654 with 1,044 travelling fans making the journey down the eight. Yeah, they certainly did. Dan Prattley got the second half underway for the O's. No changes for the team at half-time. 
Yeah, so we'll skip forward 10 minutes into this half. Lawrence Vigarou made a decent save following a shot from Roberts after a quick free kick from Reeves. Big save there. Big yep. save game, from game Viggs. saving. Yep, Stephen, you started the second half a bit brighter, a bit yeah. quicker than what we did. 59th minute, though, a superb counter-attack started by George Moncur as he fed Theo Archibald on the right and his pass with the outside of his boot found Darren Prattley 12 yards out on rushing to the ball. But he fired his shot high and over the bar. Great chance. Another game-changing opportunity. Yeah, be disappointed. Should have, should have done better. Disappointed. Yeah. 62 minutes, double substitution for us now as Ruel Soturio and Aaron Drinnen came on to replace George Moncur and Charlie Kelman. Yeah, 66 minute chance for the O's as a corner was nodded from Omar Beckles at the back post to Dan Prattley, but his reactive header was straight at the keeper, Ashby Hammond, from close range. And again, probably not the man who you want the chance to fall to in the box, but... If he'd have just angled that, just either side, yeah. But he didn't. It was you're right. It was reactionary, and it was straight at him. Yeah. Shame. Ashby Hammer made a comfortable catch from Dan Happy's header from a corner in the 71st minute. Similar situation to the Prattley. Yep, 77th minute, and Tom James played the ball across goal towards Omar Beckles, but Rose was able to throw his body in the way of the cross. Yeah, I have to, I've, I've made a point, uh, I made a note at this point that since the substitutions, I feel that we've been much the stronger side. We've been much more dominant. Although Stevenage haven't necessarily been uh, aggressive with, you know, or creative with the ball, I felt that they've had more swathes of possession and play than us, um, particularly in the first half. But I know since that others see it differently. But I couldn't help but think that we, we sort of since the substitutions, they mm. they made a real difference. I felt it was only going to be one winner uh, at this point in the game, from what I remember. Mm. Uh, Stevenage made a triple sub in the seventy ninth minute. One of them was Wildin, who had avoided a red card. At this point, I think they knew they just to drag him off the pitch. It was looking like he was probably going to get redded sooner rather than later, yeah. but a missed opportunity there for the ref to send he pushed the He pushed the boundary as far as he could, I think. Massively. Double sub for the O's in the 86th minute. Paul Smith was replaced by Craig Clay and Jordan Brown was replaced by Rob Hunt. Yeah, four minutes of added time were played. In the first minute, though, Idris El Mazzouni drove forward into the Stevenage box from the left-hand side, pulled his pass across goal, which somehow evaded everyone. And the ball was cleared. Yeah, sorry, that should say from their left. It was from, from our right, if I remember rightly. What a good run that was. Why didn't he shoot? Why did he go for the pass um, and, 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 and not the shot? That's going to be the question that's probably going to stand out for everyone. I think that's coming again later uh, in the Newport yeah. game. With no further yeah. action to talk about, the referee blew his full-time whistle as there were no goals for the Sky Sports cameras as the game finished goalless with Rishi Wellens and chairman Nigel Travis off to do a Q&A which Nigel has spoken about with supporters in the Legends Lounge. Absolutely. So Rishi Wellens was interviewed after the game. We're not going to play that one now just because it was... Two games ago, uh, as we stand, as we sit here recording now, but he did say that Stevenage are a very good team uh, at defending their box. Um, but I think there would have only have been one winner in that game. So we move on then to the league table. Yeah, league table. In no changes at the top of the league. We are still top after that one. Played twenty two, one sixteen, drawn four, lost two. Goal difference of plus twenty three. And 52 points on the board. So, Bill Lejande, your views on Stevenage at home? Yeah, really quickly. I thought it was a much tougher game. I felt it was a much tougher game than I actually thought it was going to be. Stevenage are a serious contender to go up with the players they have. One of the best sides, in my opinion, I know many don't agree with me, that I've seen at Brisbane Road. Their game management was was very strong. You know, they've got good players, like we were saying. Yeah. You know, Sweeney from uh, Forest Green, yeah. uh, who went up. They've got they've got just one name that that that, that springs to mind straight away. But but their game management was good. Um, 
I felt the referee was quite weak and, and they had a lot of help from him and, and we've had it at times so it goes both ways we soaked up their pressure uh, Bugs their, their keeper only had a couple of saves to make uh, as did Lawrence Vigarou so not really the most testing of games particularly in front of the sky cameras and I felt another team who started stronger and that's something that we should be doing we see a lot of teams yeah. start strongly against us granted 80-90% of them fade away after about 15-20 minutes uh, but they, they didn't and I feel that we need to start games stronger and we need to, to, to start on the ascendancy rather than waiting for them to tire before we then get into our stride points a fair result we're still top can't really complain yeah, I think for me, you keep it brief. A difficult game, but it was always going to be. So yeah. I don't, I, I didn't understand the sixty-five percent or will win this when you're playing the team in second place. Yeah. I mean, Stephen Jolie for a reason. Yeah, like you said, Sweeney, Piergiani, good centre back pairing. Rose up yeah. top, decent midfield as well. Difficult one, good defensively, um, and we didn't really cause them too many problems. I think like their keeper didn't make many saves. Neither did Vigaru. But Paul Smith just made a note saying, so exciting to watch. Yeah, when he gets the ball, run. you find a gar- the crowd gasp and expects something. Someone who isn't exciting me so much, I must say, was George Moncur. Yeah. Whether he's ill or not fit, and it comes out in today's post-match that we'll come on to, which he talks about him a little bit, but I thought Moncur has been a bit disappointing the last five or ten games. Not the player who I thought we would sign yeah. or wanted yeah. to have, but finish off saying, fair result. You know, With us being top, the onus was on them to beat us to close the gap mm. which they didn't do uh, in this game so it's pretty much as you were with another game ticked off which is another point towards promotion from League 2 so I took the positives um, out of that one although it would have been nice to put one on over Steve Evans but still look for me Steve and deserved their point we deserved ours yeah. yeah absolutely so those were our views we had a lot of feedback after this match so thanks to everyone who sent their views into our social media accounts and just because we're reading them it doesn't mean that we do agree with them it's probably worth pointing out uh, our social media account is still available for sponsorship um, for the rest of this season won't be for much longer um, if it doesn't get picked up so if you are interested and want to reach a huge fan base of Orient fans drop us a DM or an email uh, to orientoutlook.com and I'm sure we'll be able to uh, a very good price for an exceptional social media presence absolutely right so the first tweet that came into us this week is from James B 59704959 who said a typical Evans team that fight for everything also very lenient ref massively let off Stevenage they should have had cards galore an exciting game for nil nil yeah underscore Shivan Patak said scrappy point and I can't complain really few individual moments in the first half and the second half not overly inspiring from either side but no advantage gained or lost at the top and I'm happy with that um, Ian underscore Sheen said uh, my main thought is that Moncur did absolutely nothing today much disappointment so yeah up on what, absolutely what yeah. R. Coral 1972 said shows we drastically need a good striker in the January window Moncur was blowing after the first 25 minutes he doesn't do enough in games for me Garden Courtman said, lose our heads and kept playing all the good football. On another day, we win, but never thought we would lose. Yeah, good summary of that. Mm. S. R. Barber, 1980, said, 
86. So I said another point towards us at our target was always going to be tough, but let's take the point and move on. If we can have a decent January, we have a massive chance of promotion. And Smith, once again, outstanding and worth the entry fee alone. Shrimpy underscore boy said, think previously we might have let some of the gamesmanship go to our heads and lost our call. We didn't let that happen today. That's a really good point. And that shows the growth we've had as a squad. I'll take the point. On we go. Absolutely. Really good point. Well made there. Yeah. Speno 011 said, thought a fair result that was we had the edge, but why didn't they use a better standard of ref as he made the game an unpleasant watch, dictating the flow of the game that only suited the Stevenage tactics? Nigel Ladwhite said, I'm happy. A point is a great result considering the seven-point gap between the clubs. Uh, we were comfortable throughout the game, which bodes well for the remaining season, as they're the best of the 23 other clubs in our league. Yeah, fair point. Pandemonium, 1881, said, frustrating, but they, like us, are where they are on merit. We always knew it would be tough, and it might not be pretty, but we perhaps didn't do enough to win the game. But equally, we kept them quiet, didn't lose ground on any of the top seven, and remained 16 points clear of fourth. Tim Scowls, 94, said, We were the better team overall, in my opinion, but both sides more scared of losing than wanting to win it. Someone makes the right run for El Miz's pullback and we win it, but cannot grumble with the point as it's a huge psychological boost to still have, have that gap to Stevens. I just remembered, I've just commented on that, that cutback. It wasn't the shot that I was thinking of. So, right, yeah. you're, talking, you're thinking about Newport. Yeah, I am. Yeah, absolutely. Dave Brew, 47976911. So not a great game or performance, but still seven points clear and 16 points clear of fourth. Prattley, superb, as was Dan Happy. Looked a bit leggy, especially Drynan and Archibald. Referido was absolutely shocking. And as for the linesman in front of the West End, words fail me. Yeah, Postolos Andre 9 said we never got flowing so I suppose for Stevenage it was job done. Despite that we did create three or four good opportunities to score and it's a shame we couldn't turn it on in front of the cameras. Yeah. Great tweet that. Yeah, Steve Evans would be more than happy with a point there and I think he was arguing with Richie Williams long after the final whistle mm. as you'd expect. And his post-match interview was quite odd as well because he felt quite opposite to what Richie felt which I felt I'm more aligned with Richie not just because he's my manager but just because I saw it the same yeah. as Richie football yeah. always will divide opinion great it does so Paul Red Realm said in patches we look good but also at times too sloppy on the ball but no need to panic Stevenage decent maybe a couple of new signings please in January yeah real Terry Stoker said we were the better but Stevenage were organised and had a game plan to stop us playing and it worked for the most part to see the second in the league time in the league time wasting so early on is a testament to how intimidating we must be. Rob Payne, 54642, one, never looked like losing. Two, I didn't think the ref was that bad. And three, what a difference Welland has made to Happy's game. Great point on point three there, yeah. especially. Orient fan underscore eighteen eighty one said need a prolific striker in. Kelman has a very good work rate, but isn't going to score goals on a non-consistent basis. Drennan was pointless when he came on. Penultimate tweet on Stevenage goes to 1965, 80-80-81. He said, fair result. Stevenage had a game plan and executed it well. Don't particularly like the way in which certain players buy fouls, but I guess that is part of the game. Now, Miz could, with a less lenient ref, have been sent off. But that's two games in a row now, both Happy and Beckles. Have been excellent. That's quite a good point about Elmiz. Uh, about potentially he could have got a second early yeah. in the second half that we omitted um, just because it didn't get on our kind of headlines. However, I did get a text about it during the game saying Elmiz is very lucky to still be on the pitch because that was his second yellow he should have got and he got away with it. So, you know, that'll be one that Steve Elmiz will be looking at 
saying, well, mm. we might talk about a number two, but your number 15 now should have gone early in the mm. second. So maybe there should have been cards galore all around. And the final word this week goes to a friend of ours, Johnny Epstein, who messaged us to say, if that's all Stevenage are, i.e. tough to beat, then I feel more confident after today that we are going up. To put it simply, we are a better, more talented team than them. And if we scored the first goal we would have gone on and won. Yeah, okay. So thanks for everyone's tweets and views there after the Stevenage game. Lots more coming on the following games that have been played since then. So Carol Langley, Floris Prediction League update. And hopefully you all know by now, Carol Langley, Floris, are an established business based in Chinkford, specialising in bespoke flowers, sourced from the finest growers in the world. They can do anything from a simple thank you or hello to a tailored wedding, bar mitzvah, event package, anything you like. They are here to help, you can get in touch with John and their fantastic team by calling 0208 529 4130 or they are on social media at Carol Langley E4 on Twitter as well as John, who can be found at Essex Biz. You can find him on Instagram at Carol Langley Florist and you can find him on Facebook as well at Carol Langley Florist. 15% off for everyone could give you a huge saving on all your costs, so get involved and give them a message. Absolutely. So well done to Alexander J. Rose 1, Oliver Melman, Charlie 86903648, Julian the Cabbie, Brad 1 Malloy, Paul Gregory, and Nick underscore Clark 99, who all correctly predicted the result. There obviously was no goal scorers. So there's no bonus points for this one. You guys all get three points. So we'll do a top of the Prediction League table update at the end of the show. We certainly will. So moving on into Wednesday, the 28th of December. Quiet day at the club. Good exposure for the Outlook podcast. As I went on TalkSport to mm. talk about all things Orient uh, for about five, ten minutes. All about the first half of the season. Spoke about Richie, Paul Smith. Uh, and ironically, what could go wrong for Orient in the second half of the season? So you can listen to that if you want on the TalkSport app. Um, but yeah, good experience to do. Always good for exposure. And yeah, in hindsight, <laughs> I said if you support Orient, you know what could go wrong. Um, <laughs> so yeah, hopefully I won't be proven right. But that Murphy's Law, if it can go wrong, it will Absolutely. go wrong. Right? Absolutely. Thursday, the 29th of December, there was a full, pretty much a full League Two fixture league uh, fixture list was played apart from us and Stevenage who played on Friday the 30th. None of the results affect us at the top with third place Northampton losing at home to Stevenage but Carlisle moved into fourth with their away win at Crewe but they're still 13 points away from us in fourth place. They certainly are. I think Swindon beat Northampton. I think Stevenage didn't play Northampton. I think that's a typo in Sorry. our yeah, plan. Swindon. So Friday the 30th of December we were saddened to learn of the passing of legendary O's goalkeeper John Jackson, who made 212 consecutive league appearances for the O's from 1974-79. I think he went on to play around 250 games for the club. We had a massive, massive uh, reaction when we put out the news on our socials, uh, which just shows you how highly thought of John was by all of those fans who were lucky enough to watch him in action. So we send our condolences to John's family and friends another massive O's legend lost yeah so the main event of Christmas Eve Eve was Newport County New Year's Eve Eve maybe what did I say Christmas Eve yeah New Year's Eve Eve beg your pardon it's quite late here (laughs) Uh, forgive me the main event was Newport County away before the game we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you think the O's would get on in this one we had 263 votes and 13% of them thought we'd lose 22 thought we'd draw but 65% thought we would win 
Love it. Everyone yeah. who voted. Very yeah. optimistic O's fans again, especially as Newport were one of the only teams to beat us at our own patch uh, earlier in the season. They they're not having a particularly great season no. considering they were playoff contenders last season. Very disappointing. Team announced this one at 6.45. Lawrence Vigaru in goal. Tom James, Omar Beckles, Dan Happy and Rob Hunt at the back with Craig Clay, Idris Elmazouni, George Monker midfield with Theo Archibald, Aaron Dryden and Charlie Kalman up top. Subs this one, Sam Sargent, Shadogi. Darren Prattley, Jordan Brown, Stephen Duke McKenna, Paul Smith on the bench, and Jaden Wareham. Yeah, that side saw three changes to the team who played on Tuesdays. In came Rob Hunt, Craig Clay, and Aaron Drynan for Jordan Brown, Paul Smith, and Darren Prattley, who were all named on the bench. It makes sense for me that Smith and Prattley rested, although I'd rather they were played. I get why it's been... Otherwise, I'm saying is I get why they were rested. It's a shame for Brown, as I think he's done well at right back, but for me... I'm a fan of Ruel, so I'm looking for that name on the on the team sheet. Where's Ruel? Yeah. For me, there's some big players missing there. Yeah. I know you've spoken about rotating players, but I don't think you bench Paul Smith, especially in the form he's in. If you're going to put him on the bench, you put him in the starting lineup, and if he can only give you half hour, you give it to him in the first 30 minutes. For me, I really, just, you wouldn't want him on as a game if, changer in the last half an hour, and they're all tiring. Nah, because if no. he can play 30 minutes at the end, and he can play 45 minutes in the first half, like it's that old. Saying, isn't it? I think we've had this numerous times on the podcast throughout the years. If he's fit enough to be on the bench, he can start. And if they're young enough to be on the bench, then they're young enough to start and vice versa. So, enough. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those where you look at that team and you're like, I'm not quite sure where the... If Moncoro isn't on form within that team, where is the creativeness coming from? Because Drynan ain't going to create you a guy like nothing. Theo might be, but he's been off the boil. So is Moncur. You look at that, you go, I'm not quite sure who's going to open up that defence to get you a chance there. Mm. So, yeah... Although the opposition isn't the strongest and Newport aren't doing so well, difficult away fixture, slightly disappointed with that one. Steve LOFC tweeted us in his thoughts and said, wondering where Saturio has disappeared to. Thought he'd done okay when he came on the other day. Yeah, Carl Fia, 0-1. So not surprising to see Smith given a breather. The amount he runs and is bashed around uh, the pitch for every game. Yeah, Alpha uh, Alpha 2 underscore O underscore Mega said, Smith understandably being rested from the starting eleven. Yeah, minutes applause for Pele before the match got underway in South Wales. And apart from some strong tackles from both sides, a few chances to talk about so three games in this one uh, in this episode so we're going to skip straight to the 30th minute superb ball over the top from Tom James was played to Aaron Drynan but his shot was saved by Day yeah I'm probably being really critical here because I think Day's made a really good save there but I think you've got to take your chance and I think Aaron will be quite disappointed not to have scored there I know that's a really blatantly obvious thing that a striker's not scored when he's had a chance superb ball from Tom James uh, first of all pro- credit to him but yeah I think Aaron probably ought to be testing the keeper a little bit I think beating the keeper rather than just testing I mean Dave's pulled off a good save so I'm being a, probably overcritical. okay so unlucky not to go one up there from the resulting corner Charlie Kalman went close but his header went just wide yeah fast forward to the uh, 40th minute now Theo Archibald put in a teasing set piece into the box Day got there just before Beckles to punch away the danger. Yeah, there was a scare for the O's in the 44th minute from a Newport corner that was recycled. Cross came in at the back post, which was headed towards goal, and Lance Vigaru was alert to stop it going in, and eventually Tom James cleared the ball after a scramble. Yeah, a bit frantic there, and a little bit uh, like we were scared, and uh, there's a grenade, who wants it? Get rid of it. Like Someone just do something. It was a little bit... 
um, frantic. As I say, one minute of time was added on. Nothing further to report as the teams went in goalless at half-time. Yeah, since announced uh, at Newport, 4,313 with 380s fans. Brave souls making that mm. journey to South Wales. So well done to you all. We had a few tweets at half-time. We'll mention one from Run and Ref with G. C, who said a pretty drab first half with a lot of play midfield. Little threat from Newport, but not much more from Orient. Monker came more into the game as the half wore on, but Theo has been unable to make an impression. Would take a scrappy 1-0. Yeah, no changes for the O's at half-time, and in the 50th minute, a Theo Archibald corner was missed by a few of the players as we lost the opportunity. Yeah, 52nd minute in, some good build-up play from the O's came to Theo Archibald. His shot was on target, but a comfortable catch by Joe Day. Yeah, and a minute later, Aaron Drynan looked to be in on goal, but Farquharson made a good recovery to kill the opportunity. And straight back up the other end, Zanzala was in on goal, but the flag thankfully went up for offside. Yeah, let's get now to the 64th minute. Now, my Beckles was booked for a foul on the halfway line. Yeah, also the first Orient sub was made as George Moncur was replaced by Jordan Brown. And I think to your point, I don't think he's had the sort of level of impact that we would have hoped that he would have had to your yeah, absolutely. Again, another game kind of passed in by. Again, Richie will allude to that in his post-match interview from today's game. Shortly after that, though, Craig Clay did well to clear the ball shortly after that one. Yeah, 66 minutes. Second sub for the O's of Charlie Kelman was replaced by Jaden Wareham. Yeah, 75 minutes in. Good driving run from Theo Archibald to get to the byline. He won a corner that came to Jordan Brown, who superbly found Idris El Mazzuni, who got a shot away. But it was blocked well. 79 minutes now on the clock and a good ball from Tom James down the flank went to Drynan who found Idris El Mazzuni in on goal with just day to beat. He squared the ball to nobody <laughs> rather than... Well, actually, his target man was, was Theo Archibald but I don't think Theo was expecting it. Rather than shooting. What the hell was he thinking? Uh, shoot you're in on goal you're <laughs> 10 yards out with just the goalkeeper to be take the glory take the shot that's your winning goal gone and in such a tight game you have to be clinical in both boxes not just when you're shooting yeah. but when you're clearing and we've been clinical enough at the back and he didn't take that chance Shame. That's maybe the difference between the Orient of August and September versus the Orient of now, yeah. where he, he probably shoots and we were getting the game 1 0. Whereas now we're drawing games 0 0 and it's quite not going for us. So, 80th minute in Shadogi replaced Rob Hunt in our third sub of the game. Yeah, 87 minutes on the clock. A mix up at the back between Lawrence Vigarut and Omar Beckles, a breakdown in communication as it seemed, eventually resulted in a shot that hit Omar. Newport claimed the handball. Uh, but the referee wasn't interested. I think it hit his back or his or his or his. Foot. I can't remember which way he's facing now. But either way, it wasn't a handball. Absolutely. Five minutes of time were added on, but nothing further to report. The ref brought the game to a close as the final O's game of an eventful 2022 mm-hmm. ended goalless, with both teams having to settle for a point. Yeah, Richie Wellens' post match is out there. We're not going to play that now, just from a time perspective. But a couple of things went against us. He said earlier in the day. So I'm pleased with the point away from home yeah absolutely league yeah. table in now this is the halfway point in the season and at the end of the year we're still top having played 23 games 116 drawn 5 lost 2 goal difference still at 23 with 53 points we have Stevenage 1 so they beat Crawley 3-1 at home which means our lead at the top of the table has been cut to 5 
points. Crawley, shout out for Crawley actually, that club seems to be in an absolute whirlwind of a state. Hopefully <laughs> they make it through that one. But Bid Lejande, your views on Newport away. Yeah, fair result at the end of the day, but we had two clear opportunities to win the game. The most obvious was the Elmazuni chance late in the game. Drinnens was the other one sort of in the first half where he's, where Days made a, another good save. Uh, frustrating game though as several players really for me looked a little bit off the pace. Sloppy passing at times. I thought Tom James and Craig Clay particularly in particular really didn't um, do well. Beckles and Vigru mix up. I'm really not sure what Moncur brings to the team anymore. Um, a championship quality player should stand out a mile and he doesn't for me. Um, so not that I'd seen your comments yeah. from earlier, but I think we're aligned there. Uh, Richie only made three changes, so it really shouldn't affect our flow uh, or rhythm. All the players train to the same system, so it's not like you're pulling out players that never don't know what's mm. going on or what system uh, it is. Easy to be harsh now and let some of the frustration out, but let's not forget where we are. We are five points clear of second. We are 14 points clear of fourth at this point. Really can't complain too much. and It's really not the worst way to end 2022. And I just ended by saying 2023 looks really exciting for us. Lovely stuff. I mean, I kept this one really short and really, really sweet. Just can't win them all. Again, important not to lose, and we didn't. So not too concerned mm. with the result. Newport away is always a difficult fixture. And again, if you're looking at the positive side, it's a point closer towards promotion. Mm. The thing that did worry me is I only briefly caught what Richie said uh, in his post-match, but I was worried about what he had to say about Paul Smith, about not being fit, about his injury. He was very... Uh, non-committal to how long he would be out for we all know for what I've been, I know you said yeah. there's only three players missing but when one is Paul Smith the other is Darren Prattley who drops to the bench arguably two of the most influential players in that 11 so yes two players but two players who you would not want to be missing uh, in there and I put if Smith is out for a stretch it will be a massive loss but just finish by saying another clean sheet on to the next one and kudos as always to the travelling fans going to Wales on the what 30th of December mm. absolute mish well done to everyone who shows the commitment and dedication to that right. journey amazing stuff mm. so those were our views we had a lot of views that came in after this one Freddie LOFC kicks us off by saying once again a draw isn't a terrible result but frustrating because our decision making in the final third was shocking yeah Patrick won floods as well no one expected it would be easy we had a good chance though we are not going to win them all and we missed Smith up front real underscore MZ8 that's a new one for yeah. me so welcome to the show I'll take a draw when we should have lost but this just proves we need a new striker going forwards Leroy I don't know if we need a new striker like we've got good strikers it's just the system as I've said before yeah. I'm in danger of being a broken record here it doesn't, and we spoke about this, I think, before we started Prior. recording. It, you know, the Archibalds and the Smith in the three up front, the, the wingers really lend themselves to be the more prolific in like the way that Salah does for Liverpool in that front three. I'm not comparing us to Liverpool, obviously, but in that kind of front three, the, 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 the striker, if you like, rather than the winger, tends to lose out a little bit from what I've seen of, of games. So I don't know that we necessarily need a striker. I just don't think this formation suits an out-and-out striker or strikers. Yeah, it's a very it's one that's going to come up hugely after today's game. I guess we'll come up to it because Harry Smith's name will come up quite a bit in that one. I think uh, Macabon's name will come up. But I think, like you said, I think the difference between uh, a centre-forward who gets you 20 goals is someone who probably doesn't play alongside a Paul Smith or a Theo because Paul Smith especially will shoot on sight and not, not look for the pass most of the time. So I think... You know, in this system that we do, I don't think we're going to get a twenty-goal season striker. Well, I'd love to be proved wrong, mm. um, but I can't see most strikers of who is available to play on getting twenty goals. Mm. Where you got Theo on one side of you, 
and Paul Smith the other because I think Smith we know what it would, what he would do and what he's best at and at scoring goals to be honest yeah. and Moncur again a player where if he can pass or take the shot he's probably going to take a shot mm. and again Ruel if he can pass or take a shot he'll shoot he'll shoot yeah. probably the same for Drynan as well I'd rather all those players get me 10 goals a season yeah. than uh, centre forward gets me 15-20 because more, more goals collectively coming Correct. from all areas yeah, yeah. and aspects of the pitch the striker uh, conversation will be expanded a bit later on in the podcast Leroy 2022 said Paul never looked like scoring apart from the Idris disaster Drynan and Moncur anonymous again Archibald had a shocker too hard to complain when we're top but we do need to play better good point well made Bogs Dollocks 1 said poor entire performance against another physical side the wider squad needs strengthening but we're still 5 points clear on to Monday yeah Dax Duda said poor performance but an away point and a clean sheet some fans may disagree and I may be a bit reactionary here but I don't think Drynan is Good enough. He does run, but it seems that's as if all his runs are half-hearted and lacklustre. He's not been good for a while now. Boats, he said, massive overreaction. Yes, Idris should have scored, and we look lost without Prattley. But Smith, uh, Prattley and Smith. But we're still going into twenty twenty-three. Five points clear of second and fourteen points clear of fourth. I think we do need a couple of better quality squad players to help get us over the line. Dorset Vikings had seriously shot shy over the last two games. We seem to have gone off the boil. Going to be a very tough game against Northampton. Wellens needs to get his players firing again and quickly. Tricky O said, I love Richie and shouldn't really complain about the things he does, but this rubbish of making subs one minute after the other and the other poor times is so frustrating and kills the tempo of the game. Also, Smith is gone. Seen this all before. Not risking big money by injury. That is a fair it's point, and I guess we'll speak about Paul Smith again a bit, a bit after the North, yeah. Northampton game. But Sinistor. when your star when your star player gets injured, not in a match and in training, or fails a fitness test very late on in a game mm. on January the first, and he's out of contract Send in the your summer. Conspiracy theories to at Orient Outlook on Twitter, or you can email us <laughs> Orient Outlook. Yeah, Outlook. the tongues will start. Uh, wagging wagging as yeah. they say John Crab Free said never looked like conceding never looked like scoring poor maybe just me but Moncur well off the pace and should be doing more <clears throat> TX Trev said got to play your strongest team Stevenish played the same team as Saturday I thought we had Jacket back as manager this evening that's a great point Steve Evans had the same fixture pile up as us plays his strongest 11 wins the game 3-1 didn't rest any of his players mm. fair point there again I don't know enough about Stevenish to know about their the way they, he handles that squad and the injury problems, but decent point there. One Adam Conway said very poor. We look a midfielder and a striker short. Team starting to work out. If they stop us passing, we will struggle. We cannot let this start to go to waste. A few players to freshen up and we will walk the league. Yeah, Doyle underscore Hooper said a frustrating tired performance, which is understandable. Would like to see some extra firepower brought in during the window. Can't rely on Smith every game. Uh, maybe give Wareham more minutes. Moncur's fitness is a worry. Still rock solid at the back. Matty LOFC Evans said, we need an out-and-out striker, even if he is National League or below currently, but banging in goals for fun. Someone to lead the line. Kelman and Drynan are not the answer. Two points dropped in my mind, especially with Idris at the end. What was he thinking? 
Seb Kane said, should have been three points, and I hate to scapegoat someone young who's been so good all season, but Idris has to do better there. Low either side of the keeper, we go one up and manage the game out. Not sure what he was thinking. Still, it's another clean sheet. CLE free underscore to Dyer, but we were due a dud at some point. Needed some spark up front with Theo, Dryden and Kalman all looking Sunday league. Why should McKenna not getting a look in after looking dangerous when he's come on before? Overall, weird night. LDP King said, fantastic season, top of the league, clear by five points. And with a big January window to go, get the players we need. Pure dominance in possession, created three golden chances. If we take one of them, it's game over. Playing like that will get us another 10 wins. That should be enough for promotion. Good point. B yeah. Cross 95. So what a contrast for those through 2022. Mm-hmm. Annoyingly long break to start the year, which turned into a disaster. Followed on by some of the best stuff we have ever seen. Well, that's being an Orient fan for you. MS Orient said, Wareham isn't the answer. We need a proper striker that can get us over the line and ready for League One. Get Bond back. Yeah, there's a few more tweets about Bond coming up after Northampton and we'll go a bit deeper into that one. The tipping team says, Can't believe people are hanging players out to dry after a couple of draws. Elmiz obviously had a mad moment, but he was the best player on the pitch by a furlong up until then. And he's been class all year. Liked Wareham when he came on. I would start him Monday. Tipping Tim could be... He makes a good point. Yeah. He makes a good point because we are where we are because we've had good players. So now we've had a couple of like stutters. All of a sudden, everyone's losing their collective thoughts on this and going mental at players. But actually, you know, we want to be the best. We have our expectations set because we know how good we can be. And we seem to, based on those performances, we seem to have dipped a bit. But... We're talking about human beings here, and and regard you know Brent, yeah. uh, Brentford beat Liverpool today three uh, one. That was never uh, on on anyone's coupon. I can't imagine not anyone that wanted to make money anyway. So it happens. Like you're talking about human performance, it is going to dip. It is going to drop. Some players are going to do well at better times than others, and collectively everyone does well. And then suddenly a couple of players have a dip, and uh, and so on. It does happen. I think. Um... I mentioned this after the Northampton game, so I won't go into it too much detail now, but. Mm. These are League Two players for a reason. reason They've yeah. played three games in six days. Two of those games against the second place team and the third place team. Two of the best teams in the division without arguably the best player in the league in Paul Smith. And we've drawn nil nil at home to one of them and really should have beat them. And lost one nil today and had a disallowed goal, which and a man sent off. And man sent off. So I find it disappointing that there's so much reactionary uh disappointment in the team based on a Christmas period well let's not forget we'd taken what 52 points from what a possible 64 up until that point so everyone's entitled to their opinion and we obviously encourage as many opinions as possible but I find some of these that you know people having to go oh Miz he's a defensive midfielder when he gets through on goal yes he should shoot but that's not his forte for me, anyway. But as a footballer, is in the box and he's got the goalkeeper to beat, he shoots rather than passes. Uh, it's unselfish of him. I like that attribute, but there are times when you need to be. Yeah. But, if he, but if, he, if, he squares, if he shoots, right, and, the, and, the, and he misses the target, everyone's going, why don't you square it to Archibald? Mm. That would be... And it's, and it's a different argument then, because you're yeah. going, why don't you pass to Archibald? He would have tapped it in. He's a midfielder, you're a defensive midfielder. Right. Well, he can play as a 10. And, and, unless he smacks it into the bottom corner of the net, which he doesn't do. Mm. It's all if buts and maybes now. He's the villain. Yeah, Absolutely. all if buts and maybes. Dear Stu said, away from home, we keep picking up the points. 
particularly when Newport wanted to try and do the double on us. Glad Little Smith didn't start or we would have collected more bruises. Couple of scary moments, but why did Idris uh, try sparing the yeah, ball? Yeah, moment of contention. Lee Gibbs won, said need to invest in and out. Striker Kelman, not good enough, unfortunately. Relies too heavily on Smith. And what has happened to Theo? He used to be mm. so direct and now looks like he has no confidence and cuts back too much. However, another clean sheet and 14 points clear of fourth. Yeah, penultimate word on this one goes to Janine Adelman, who said it's very disappointing. Why does nobody want to have a shot? All we are happy to, all we're happy to have a go earlier in the season. Now nobody wants to, and I don't understand why. Trying to stay positive, we didn't lose, and it's another clean sheet. Yeah. That is back to back clean sheets it against absolutely difficult is. opposition. Yeah, absolutely. Final word of twenty twenty two, and against Newport went to Sunshine LOFC, who said despite long periods of possession, we lack the cutting edge in the final third, and Newport are better than a league position suggests. What was he just thinking though with through and goal? But either way, five points clear starting 2023. Good point. Well made. Carol Langley Flourish prediction update. Well done to Chris W underscore one and Julian Cabby 03, who correctly predicted nil-nil and got three points. Obviously, no scores so no bonus points. We'll do a full prediction league roundup later in this episode. Yeah, Sunday, sorry, Saturday, the 31st of December, then a quiet New Year's Eve at the club. Nothing to report. Yeah, Nothing absolutely. Built. Getting their glad rags on to go out somewhere, probably. Sunday the 1st of January. Very happy new year to everyone. There was nearly a full fixture list, uh, fixture of programmes in League 2 uh, on New Year's Day. And the results, actually, were quite favourable yeah. for us. Yeah, the results that you wanted um, pretty much all yeah. came out. Also, late in the evening, the club announced left-back Connor Wood. Who? Connor Wood. That forgotten man of Orient. I've not spoken about Conor Wood on this podcast for ages. Had joined Colchester United on loan for the remainder of the season. We wish Conor well. It's, do you know what? It's dropped off my radar. I think at the time when he kind of started being omitted from the squad, we said fairly unlucky. I thought Conor pretty solid in what we've seen. Obviously, not fancied by Jacket at the time, not fancied by Wellens. And Wellens, again, in today's post match, talks about how highly he thinks of Conor Wood. As a person, but then obviously with Hunt, Sweeney, Ogie, Brown, who can play left back, Tom James, who can play left back, he's just literally nowhere near the team. And it's, I imagine Connor's on pretty decent money coming on a free from Bradford, and there's one he's, they've probably been looking to get off the wage book for a while. But he's yeah. only on Colchester, I can't imagine Colchester paying 100% of his wage at all. They, I, I reckon they probably would. You reckon? But yeah, I don't reckon he's on like, he's certainly not one of our top paid players, I wouldn't imagine. Um, my point though is that he's a natural left back and he's an experienced left back at whatever age he's 24, 5, whatever he is, 23. Um, and yet Jaden Sweeney is ahead of him who's yeah. still very good. I take nothing away from Jaden. I don't mean to pick on him, but he's young and inexperienced. You've got Jordan Brown who's a midfielder who can play at yeah. right back. So therefore that's where the Tom James at left back comes into it. So he's got two players that aren't as experienced at him in the position that he specialises in over him. So maybe he's just not as highly rated. Yeah, well, seems to be. I don't want to put thought, um, you know, thought uh, words in Richard's mouth because he never said that. Just my thoughts. Be interesting to see how well he does at um, Colchester Absolutely. United. Obviously, wish yeah, him the best. He, well, obviously, he won't be playing against us. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he what done a two-year deal a year and a half ago. So contract up in the sun. Yeah. I don't think we see him he again to get in a late and orange shirt. So we wish Connor all the best there. So moving on into Monday, the 2nd of January and it was Northampton town away today. Before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on. We had 100 
and 92 votes. Quite closest one, 24% thought the O's would lose, 33% of you thought the O's would win, and majority, first time in a while, thinking uh, 43% said draw, so not an annoying win. As always, thanks to everyone who votes on all of our Twitter polls, much appreciated. Team was announced at 2 o'clock, Lawrence Vigaru in goal, James Beckles, Happy Hunt, uh, where you're back four with Prattley, El Mizzouni, Brown, Archibald, Kelman and Jaden Wareham. Substitutes for this one, Sergeant Ogie, Sweeney Clay, Moncur, Duke McKenna and Paul Smith. Yeah, that lineup saw a few changes for the O's team who faced Newport County as in came Darren Prattley, Jordan Brown and Jaden Wareham as George Moncur started on the bench as well as Saturu and Aaron Drynan missed out due to illness. Also, the club tweeted during the match that Adam Thompson had replaced Paul Smith on the bench. So, your thoughts on the lineup today, Biddy? Yeah, strong squad. I suspect Elmiz and Brown will probably sit back and practically will probably be the more forward midfielder. It'll be interesting to see how Kelman and Wareham do up top. Wasn't overly sure on what the formation would be here but uh, yeah changes not not so sure about this one yeah I mean I think we've been quite lucky this season in terms of we haven't had many key injuries or many many illnesses and we've pretty much always, always had that base of that 11 that we've spoken about before to take care of you looked at this team again and went Wareham probably deserves a chance mm. probably this isn't the game to give him his chance against one of the best teams in the league and you go mm. Prattley, El Mazzuni, Brown which one of those three is going to be your creative outlet in the middle yeah. to, to, to get you in and behind? And, you know, it's a very young, even with your Archibald, that's a young front three or two, the two on the wing. So, going to be difficult. And, yeah, Moncur, you know, on the bench again. Again, for me, if they're fit enough on the bench, then they're fit enough to give you half hour and take them off after. So, again, Mon- having Moncur on the bench. And, again, I think we had a tweet about Stephen Duke McKenna. He's looked all right when he's got on. I... Prattley, Elmazuni, Brown have all done well recently. Again, Duke McKenna maybe start one of them. Maybe he gives you a point of difference. Or maybe start him as opposed to Kelman and Wareham. Mm. But, you know, Richie gets paid, good manager to do his job. So I can't sit here and criticise him. Quite a lot, actually, of uh, tweets came in once the team was announced. The first one from Ian Hutchinson, 08, who said, Lineup, not very appealing. Doesn't fill me with much confidence, not much creativity. Maybe playing for a draw, but I hope not. Yeah, Len Chin Chin Wan said a crucial game where Orient must score because Northampton have a threat in Sam Hoskins, who has an amazing scoring record. Orient's starting side is capable of a win if they are clinical in their play. Defenders are so important today. Pace and on the front foot going forwards, please. New Twitter handle for me is Dovey Bear, who says we look strong, except when one looks at the forward line, I think. Yeah, Gorillas1985 said, no recognised striker on the bench is worrying. Uh, is a worry. Guessing Smith, as in uh, Big Smith, uh, is on his way to non-league and Little Smith um, to higher leagues. Uh, thought he needed a scan. Quote, in, unquote. Quote, yeah, absolutely. Harry Smith, is my, as my understanding is, and I think Richie says it post-match, uh, he can't play until after Doncaster yes. Rovers next week yes. uh, because of when his loan would have ended with Exeter City. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. Steve Forecast said, these are the tests we've been expecting. A significant number of the first team squad are missing. So if we get a draw, 
will be a point gained. Yeah, so Northampton got our first game of 2023 underway and we started well, forcing a corner and having a couple of off-target shots. Yeah, let's get forward though to the 16th minute as Dan Happy was challenged in our box as he made a block on Bowie's shot. He went down injured and had to come off two minutes later and was substituted for Shad Ogie. Big loss that for me. Huge. Big loss that. I mean, Ogie's now got a chance to impress. Uh, very capable replacement, not at the level that Dan Happy is, but I have huge faith in Shadogi. I think he's a very capable and, and decent replacement for Dan. But I think we need to talk about the situation that led to him being in that position where uh, Omar Beckles kind of plays him into trouble and he's on the stretch to to deal with that. Needs better Port. from his uh, Port needs better centre back partner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've not. You were lucky enough to watch the game today. I've not seen it, but again, there's a lot, few tweets about kind of that pass that leads to Happy um, getting injured. I think hospital ball is the uh, quote unquote term that yeah. we use that you play. So really disappointing. I think I talk about Happy in my in my post match, but I think other than Paul Smith, but clearly for me, Dan Happy is our best player this season, and is uh, not even close. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Not even the year close. for me as well. And I think, as Richie said, he, Richie Wellen says in his post-match that he's going to have a scan. Hopefully it's nothing serious and hopefully, uh, he says it's his knee, it's not looking good. Last time he went down and his knee ended his season in March at Forest Green or Swind... Was it at Exeter? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and he'd done his season. So hopefully it's not like that. Hopefully maybe it's just a few weeks and he can come back. Yeah, fingers fingers crossed for that one massively. So 26 minutes in, superb ball over the top from Theo Archibald, who was on the halfway line, found Darren Prattley on the edge of the box. His first time volley was goal-bound, but Burge in the Northampton goal made a tremendous one-handed save to keep the ball out. That was a tremendous save, to be fair. Um, yeah, really good save. Tom James went down under a challenge in the 38th minute, but got up, seemed okay to carry on. Northampton's McWilliams, though, was also down. He had to be replaced in the 41st minute as the Cobblers made their second sub of the game. Yeah, again, Richie mentions this uh, in his post-match that they lost two players in the first half. Yeah. We lost one. The Christmas schedule was just mental. When he goes and says, we don't have a midweek game now, uh, going forward for another five weeks, so why not yeah. put one? Why not take this one out or Newport out and whack it in one of those weeks and it was made, made it the a lot problem, less easy. The problem is, is if we hadn't have played Stevenage, it would have been over two, it was ten yeah, yeah, games yeah. between games. So which game do you take out? No Bot, idea, but down, again, Richie, Richie will be pulling his hair out and cursing uh, the fixture, whoever brought up the fixture list. So Vigaru made a comfortable catch from a half volley in the 42nd minute. Yeah, eight minutes of time went up, and in the third minute of that, Northampton worked their way down our right-hand side, and Epia fired a low ball into the box. Vigaru, thankfully, made a comfortable save. Yeah, referee brought the half to a close. No further talking points in this one. Attendance, uh, we haven't captured. I think the away attendance was 1,300 that I read, uh, I think, on the tweet, on the Twitter uh, account. So, well done to those travelling O's fans. Amazing away attendance, as it has been all season. So, well done to everyone. Yeah, fairly even half for me. Both sides have tried, created some chances. No real standouts uh, here. Sorry to see Happy go off injured. Um, but, obviously, Town have lost two this half. Uh, as well. Oh, I must say a massive thank you actually to Darren Belnikoff who offered me a ticket today and offered me a lift from my house in Loughton. Unfortunately, I wasn't here to accept. Uh, but next time, Darren, I will join you in the away end. Quite a few tweets came into us at half time. Orient Boy said, Not happy with Beckles, once again too casual and leads to Happy's injury. Idris not involved really. And Kelman and Wareham haven't got going. We need Richie to work his magic at half time and I really hope Happy 
is okay. Yeah, Richie J. Bourne said, with no Smith, Drinnen and Ruel, we need Harry Smith. The forward line is looking a bit slim. Paul Skinner, 88, says, I'm confused why he's dragged Smith out for two games that he's not fit for and named him as a sub. Obviously, he's probably uh, came in and Paul didn't realise uh, that he'd been withdrawn. Would have been better off leaving him to recuperate. No? Well, I guess it turns out, Mr Skinner, that he actually... Did. So the second half got underway, no further changes for the O's, and in the 49th minute, Theo Archibald fired a shot at goal, which deflected over for a corner. Town won the ball, counted us. The cross came in from our left. Elmazuni completely missed the ball. Hoskins smashed the ball at goal. Vigoru pushed the ball onto the bar, failed to clear it, and then Fox got the ball. He scuffs his shot. Beats Vigoru into the corner of the net and Northampton take the lead 1-0. I think a disappointing goal there from a number uh Vandals defensively. Yeah. From Elmiz's poor clearance, <laughs> clearance to us kind Beckles of looking. not clearing it and it being scuffed through and yeah, a terrible goal to concede from a defensive perspective. And and again, in another tight game, you have to be clinical in both boxes. Yeah, absolutely. Charlie Kalman was brought down about thirty odd yards away from goal, won a free kick in the fifty eighth minute. The ball was delivered into the box. Wareham's shot was saved by Burge and Omar Beckles was following up with a tap in but as the O's were celebrating, uh, after a long consultation between the referee and the linesman, the linesman ruled the goal to be offside. That is such a late, late call. Um, I do feel that Kelman was probably offside at the time, before the ball took the so when the ball was originally played. I don't know what the ruling is. Is if he's offside and it touches a town player, is he still offside from the original? point where the ball was kicked because it was from a dead ball situation yeah. so it's very easy to track it again maybe uh, running ref with GC can who's a referee obviously hence his Twitter handle can maybe shout out to you mate maybe you can help us to understand that because like Richie says in the post-match the fourth official didn't know that either it was very contentious he Kelman's a million miles offside. There's enough screenshots to go he's offside. I think the uh, the, the point that everyone doesn't seem to know or is asking questions is if it hits the defender unintentionally which I think is what it does I've only seen it from one angle if that ha- if that happens then how can he be offside and I think that's what Richie Wedner to lose to him was asking the fourth referee or the assistant ref and the assistant referee didn't know the answer or couldn't give him the answer to it so what's, what's going on so here? lots of yeah. questions and again maybe beginning of the season or he didn't get that goal and we equalise in the 61st minute and then we go and get the impetus and go on and win the game and it's a completely different outlook we have at the end of it. Whereas yeah. at the moment, like we said, not scoring against Newport. Steven, you can't quite find a way in to get this allowed goal today. Poor defending for their only goal of the game as it transpires. And as opposed to getting three points today, we get zero and it becomes two points out of nine. Whereas it might have been seven from nine if this was back in August. But yeah. With better luck. So very frustrating there. Very, very late call as well. I mean, we had tweeted about the goal. Because literally the club tweeted it was a goal. Yeah, we done our goal tweet, and about two minutes later it got cancelled off yeah. as the players were celebrating. So very very late call, and that was followed up with Richie Wellens receiving a yellow card, and you could already tell that it was threatening already to boil over, over. It? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. A couple of minutes later, after that, Theo Archibald went into the referee's book as well. For yeah, no surprise. I remember thinking at the time um, someone's going to get sent off here sooner rather than later. I didn't think it would be the one who gets sent off eventually, but. Um, could tell something was going to happen in this one. Jordan Brown was fouled as he tried to shield the ball out in the 65th minute. No foul was given. And a minute later, the referee judged that Darren Prattley was fouled about 20 yards out, much to the annoyance of the O's players. Sorry, Darren Prattley 
calls the foul. I do beg your pardon. That's my miss miss uh, writing there. He calls the foul, similar to how Jordan Brown was fouled. That's why I made this right, point: right. is that Brown wasn't was fouled, given for wasn't one. given. Yet Prattley uh, does a similar thing, and they get the foul. Yeah, that was the that was the point I was trying to make there. Um, I feel like the referee is like losing control of this game now. Um, it, it's it's descending into something a little bit farcical. Yeah, I think you weren't the only one uh, there with that one. Second O's uh, sub, George Moncur replaced Darren Prattley. Yeah, long throw into the box is cleared to Archibald in the 75th minute, but his half volley skewed wide. Yes, third sub thrown on two minutes later in the 77th minute, Stephen Duke McKenna came on and replaced Rob Hunt. Yeah, I think we had a little shuffle around. I think we went 3-5-2 at this point, uh, although I, from the screen I, I couldn't really tell, but I think we did have a bit of a reshuffle there. 82 minutes on the clock, Idris El Mazzouni broke away and is hauled back by Bowie by the collar of his shirt and he's booked and somehow El Mazzouni received the he booking did, too. I absolutely. think that was his reaction yeah. to, to the player. But that was te- terrible. But that's their game management. You hate it when it's against you. A million percent. Love it when it's you doing it. A million percent. 89th minute penalty shout for the O's is Jaden Rareham thought he was dragged down as he tried to meet a Shad Ogie flick on. Nothing given and the ref plays it on. Yeah, seven minutes of timing up on the board and in the first minute Beckles was booked for a foul which then led to handbags with several players getting busy for no reason. Three minutes later, Omar Beckles put the icing on the cake as he received a straight red card for a stamp on a Northampton player. So the O's went down to 10 men. No further talking points in this one as referee brought the game to a close as the O's were defeated in their first match of 2023, losing one all to Northampton. Uh, after the match, uh, quite an annoyed I think it's fair to say Richie Wellens spoke Frustrated, to Dave yeah. Fichter we're going to play a uh, part of his post-match interview it's really worth listening to if you get a chance here's what Richie said to Dave Fichter well Richie thanks for joining us there was so much to talk about in terms of that game not least the referee Chris Pollard first of all was it a straight red for Omar Beckles straight red and that followed the first yellow card. So what was the red card for? Uh, Baxter told me he stamped on him. So in terms of the referee and the Lions, it's probably one of the only decisions that he got right. So we, 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 we've got no qualms about that. Uh, Baxter admitted it. So um, it's a free game run for him. And of course, before then, you lost Dan Happy. What's yep. the extent of that injury? Not listen, we've had, a, <coughs> we've had a really good run in terms of injuries and consistency in our team. Um, and at the moment, it's just all come at once. Um, when you go away to a team like this, uh, a physical, then you need... You need physical players, you need men. You know, we've got front today, we've got a 21-year-old and a 19-year-old. So I thought he'd done well, but at times we need to, we, we need men in there. So the fact that um, Driz was out, we lose Dan Appy, who's been absolutely outstanding this year. And with that, you've got Paul Smith and Ruel. Um, probably Smith is the best player in the league. And then you've got Ruel, who has had little unfortunate illnesses and, and injuries this season, but he's a player that, when he's up to speed, is, is a massive asset for us. Um, so listen, we just have to we have to just take this on the chin. Um, I thought it was a better team. I thought the way we moved the ball. People look at us and we didn't have many chances, neither did they. But we had so many opportunities where if we just see the pass and play it, then we're, then we're in. So um, now keeper pulled off a good save first half. Um, <coughs> I shouldn't allow them to, to counter-attack him for their goal. But I, I think it was a really good performance. Um, at times we need to manage the game better, not, not just going long, especially with the two lads up front. But, um, yeah, we've, we've, we've took one today. We have to take it on the chin and move on. There was a long discussion when you got the ball in the back of the net. The... I don't know the rule. I've no idea what the rule is. So we score a goal where, at Carlisle, where Drinan is 15 yards offside. And when the pass is played to him, it's a really... 
their defender touches it. So Drillian then comes onside. Drillian gets the ball, runs away and scores. So <coughs> Tom James is shooting. The ball deflects probably 10, 15 yards to the, to the right. And Kelman's in an offside position. But we were told that once it is a defender, then it, it, I don't know. don't know the rule. And, and as a fourth official, he didn't know the rule. So... Yeah, um, yeah. We just we, listen. We have to take it on the chin. Thought that our supporters were unbelievable today, um, yeah, and we, we we had loads and loads of things go against us. But um, listen, we, we you're going to lose games. We kept fighting till the end, and the application of the players and the work rate was exceptional. So that was Richie Wellens, part of his interview with Dave Victor from today. So thanks as always, Dave, for sending that one over. So that defeat means the O's are still top, but only by two points as Stevenage won today. So we've now played 24, won 16, drawn 5, lost 3, points 53 and a goal difference of plus 22. Worth noting still though, 14 points clear, 4th placed Carlisle. Bit of Lejande. Better goal difference Yeah, 15 well. points in for intents and purposes. Your views on today, Bid of Lejande? Yeah, just to note, it was 7,475 in attendance at Northampton. 1,272 of them were away, so well done to everybody there. This is a bit of a disappointing performance for me. I think not enough creativity, and it feels like without Paul Smith, like there is nothing else. Mm. Um, the referee lost control of the uh, of the game late in the second half. Um, was Kelman offside? <sighs> Why did it take so long to make that decision? Clearly, they don't know what the rules are. So how can they deny an opportunity like that? Um, if they don't know really what the rules are, um, neither keeper was really worked particularly hard. Um, you know there wasn't an abundance of shots at goal. Um, you know Northampton Town's players' game management towards the end was annoying to say the least. Surrounding the referee in his ear, Danny Hilton at every opportunity was in the referee's ear. None of our players were there to stop him or to move him away or to to bleep house. Yeah, as much yeah. as you know what Theo Archibald normally does, we need we we just needed that bit of grit, that bit of game management about us today to to bully yeah. them back a bit. I felt they bullied us quite a lot. Richie was booked, so I guess it just tells you how frustrating a game it actually was. Only our third loss of the season, though. Um, so let's not lose our minds over this. We've only conceded one goal in three games. Mm. We've we've kept two clean sheets. Otherwise. We're still top of the league despite the gap reducing between us and second. And quite frankly, there was a conversational point that someone tweeted us earlier, uh, late last week, about um, whether not being top and going through as champions would be considered as a as a failure this season if we got promoted yeah. in second, third or, or, or through the playoffs. Quite frankly, I'd take promotion any, any which way it yeah. comes. Yeah. Preferred first, second or third. It would be a shame not to go up as champions given yeah. how much we've led this season. But... The point of the fact is, is like you've just said, we're 14 points clear of fourth. Like That's five games that we've, they've got to win, that we've yep. got to lose, and they've got to increase their goal difference over us. So at the moment, I don't think there's anything to really lose your minds over. Yep. We're in January. Um, Richie goes on in his interview to say that you know uh, Shad's hamstring, he felt that go. Beckles is now out for three games for, following his red card. Adam Thompson hasn't got match fitness about him because he's not been playing any games. So really, we need two centre, well, a centre-back to pair with... Shadogi, if he's fit, or we need two new centre backs. Yeah, I mean, we didn't play all that interview. We probably should have actually. To be fair, he goes to say Happy doesn't look good, although he's getting a scan tomorrow. Ogie done his hamstring in the last five minutes. Harry Smith, like we've mentioned before, isn't eligible against Doncaster Rovers. Again, he doesn't really go into too much detail about how long Smith 
Paul Smith is expected to be out for. He does say you'll be looking to bring a defender in. I think it's quite clear and concise Get in that one within 48 hours. He also says he's looking for a striker. Now we're going to talk about a striker because there's loads of tweets about Orient picking up um, a striker. I think it's pretty standard who everyone would like at the club. We'll obviously talk about that one. So yeah, a real uh, insightful interview but eight minutes. We didn't we didn't want to play the whole thing. So for me, I'm, I'm not sure about this one. We drew a loss and you don't want to see it against Northampton Town but if you're going to lose, you want to lose against a better team, surely not. Dip, like I said, team. Dif- difficult fixture against one of the best teams in the division with no creative outlet, really. And you're Paul Smith missing and missing, you know, other other big players. Only the third loss of the season out of 23. So I'm I'm quite surprised by some of the anger and some of the outrage and some of the tweets we've read. Mm. I mean, I I don't think it needs a massive overhaul. And again, if Richard would have come out and said, you know, this team heads are down, confidence, poor performance. I'd be a lot more concerned but Richie came out and said he thought that was a, a decent performance and I think Richie tells it like it is and if we if it was a poor performance he would have come out and said that and I think I've got enough respect for Richie and have built that up over the last 10 months where if he goes you know it wasn't our day today we move on that I just feel the same way about it and not demand an absolute overhaul of our defence and attack so I'm not really that fussed about it hopefully Paul Smith is fit sooner rather than later I think Dan Appy will be I've alluded to a massive, massive miss, a huge miss. I think Dan Happy has been arguably championship standard this season with his ball distribution mm-hmm. and his defending. I think True. he's a huge miss, and regardless of who comes in, whether that's an experienced League One centre back or an experienced League Two centre back or a kid from a championship club, they ain't going to be at Dan Happy's level, regardless of who that is. I think Happy's a massive miss. Adam Thompson hopefully fits in well, but I've got to say, Omar Beckel just should hang his head uh, this evening to... Stamp on another player. Captain. No? He's not captain or vice-captain? He's the one who should be going, right, calm down. We're one down here. Keep your heads and let's move on. He shouldn't be the one getting booked in the 91st minute and then stamping on someone in the 94th minute. Richie will probably come out and credit him and go, well, he's admittedly done it, so fair play to him. But I feel completely different. I think, no, mate, you've literally put your club in the absolute turd for Doncaster at home, which is quite a difficult game. Now. Barrow at home, which is quite a difficult game. And you're going to miss Stephen Ajoy, mate. You're going to miss the biggest game of the season. So think about what you've done. Like, Yeah, very disappointing. You're right. You're absolutely right. He's the club captain and he should be more responsible. Stamping on another player is unacceptable behaviour and he should be fined for it. Yeah, and well, Dan Happy... It's probably out now, you know, for a few weeks. For yeah. a few weeks, and misses those three games. You would imagine Adam Thompson hasn't played a game of football in God knows how long. I don't even know if Dan, if Adam Thompson's fit. Hopefully he is, and a new face has to come in. So, yeah, very disappointing. But like I said, I trust Richie one hundred percent. I know he'll bring in quality whoever he brings in, mm-hmm. or, or he might have to change formation. Might have to start three at the back. Does he go? Does he go? If Shad's fit, then does he go with Rob Hunt? Can Rob Hunt play centre-back, for example, and then Jordan Brown at right-back, Tom James at left-back? Do you have a makeshift just to you, see You, you can makeshift it, but from what he says in the interview, Shad isn't fit. Or Darren Prattley could go centre-back. He's not a centre-back, I'm not saying that, but I'm talking about a makeshift. He's taller, aerial. Yeah, but then you don't you don't want to incapacitate your strongest free midfield yeah. to, to negate yeah. your defence. Oh, at the thought of someone who stamps on someone in the 94th minute. Of a game that we'd already lost. And your most experienced central defender mm. as well. So very disappointing. But, you know, trust in Richie. Keep the faith. 
onto Saturday. Absolutely. Disappointing. So those were our views. We had an awful lot that has come in this evening from everybody about this game. They're still coming in as we're recording this. So sorry if your tweet isn't yeah. read out. Um, uh, we, we just have to crack on. We couldn't wait uh, another day f- to put this out. So Paul Staines, 86, kicks off this one and says, anybody else think that Archibald has gradually lost his way a little over the last few games? He's been awful today. I think that's a really good point and I should have mentioned that. Theo Archibald at one point picked the ball close to our, our box and then ran and then ended up kicking the ball out because he kicked it too far ahead of himself and it just rolled out of play when he was on the yeah. counter. He had a player coming in but he'd beaten that. Literally he was a yard or, or so ahead of that player and he could have just run up the wing and taken us the whole game up the pitch into their half comfortably He's overkicked it. Maybe it's a confidence issue. Obviously, he was on the podcast, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Um, saying he felt like he needed to score more. He wanted to score more. He's very happy with what he was getting from an assist level. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe he's just knackered. Maybe, you know, we've run him into the ground by playing him so often. Maybe he just needs a break. But yeah, yeah. I think it's fair to say he's not had the same impact as what we he had earlier in the season. We can't afford to rest our better players. That's the, po- that's the point. Like yeah, you just said Steve, Steve Evans played his same, yeah. same side. Yeah, they're, they're, or, or, they're or maybe they've been managed better, Steve Everson's side, because they're not off form. They all still scored three goals today. They scored a couple yeah. last year. P Bills nineteen eighty eight. This is another new Twitter handle on me. So welcome to the podcast. So could today have gone any worse? Pressure is on Saturday now. Yeah, Orient Meat Pie said not panicking, but this team badly needs strengthening. Total lack of ideas and going forward for several games now and happy. Uh, is out now. Beckel suspended. Lots of work to do to stay in contention. Yeah, Ross McCaff said, short of losing another two or three, it's hard to see how that could have gone much worse. Two points from nine over the festive period is very poor. Still not in panic mode, but a plan B and some signings are needed. Yeah, record blue out. It's a rubbish game of football. Some of our passing was really poor today. If El Miz could kick a ball properly on two occasions, we could have had three more points. Concerned by our lack of creativity and injury stroke red cards, could be concerning for Doncaster. Still, not a bad week overall. Okay, George underscore Bone, uh, B-O-W-N underscore. Again, another new Twitter handle of me. It's worst I've seen us play this season. Without Smith, we look poor in attack. Refereeing was a joke, which also didn't help our case. We have had a couple of poor refs recently. Yeah. We've had our good luck with refs, and now we seem to be suffering our bad luck. <clears throat> Excuse me. O's fan basing said, no football played by either team. Bad defending for their goal. We have no attacking threat. Gamesmanship's a joke at the moment. Officials are terrible. I should have got out. I should have got out more this Christmas. Yeah, you should have done by the sounds of it. I mean, gamesmanship again, like you said, when it's us, we all laugh and go, "All right, fair play." When it's against us, you hate it. Yeah. So swings and roundabouts. Les OK yeah. fifty two says, "Like so many games this season, we haven't played well, but this time we didn't get away with it. Never looked like scoring. Barely a decent attack in the game, and our discipline was poor." Window. As in the transfer window is now the most important time of the season. Paul underscore LT2P said, like so many games this season, we've not played well, but this time we never oh, got... That's a copy and paste there, there uh, from us because it's the same tweet. So oh, sorry, beg your pardon. I'm sorry, yeah. Paul. We, uh, we appreciate you tweeting us, though. Uh, apologies. Bert underscore daddy said, soft free kick at the start of injury time. Reform and get on with it. 
Apparently not. Our plan was to get involved with a load of handbags. Then Beckel stamps on their player, getting a three-match ban after Happy had gone off injured. Absolutely moronic. Yeah, John W999 said, never looked like scoring. Both centre-backs now out. Only Bright Sparks rifle that Ogie looked good, as he always does, and Duke McKenna looked decent after coming on. Increasingly disappointed with Moncur, as he's anonymous more often than not, mm. when he should be a game-changer. Yeah, I've said that earlier, John. is disappointing, but... Again, he might not be fit. Richie did say, which we didn't play in his post-match, that he'd been ill for the last couple of weeks, hasn't trained very much. So that would be... And I mean, originally he had wisdom tooth issues. Yeah, then he got he, ill. He, got, he had that dealt with, so he couldn't train or play properly then because of, of the pain. Yeah. Fair, no problem. And he literally has been ill for like, he, the last... He's been ill. He said, month. again, Richie said, he, he doesn't... George Moncur does not feel sharp. And again, if he's, telling, if he's telling you he doesn't feel sharp, then it gives a manager a decision to make and... If a player's telling you, I don't feel great, boss, then you ain't going to start him. But, but yeah. again, very disappointing um, there. Yeah, that's right. See, Vlatas said, we can't win every game, but not scoring in three is a concern. We need a defender and a striker to sign or dig out from the squad. Steve Chapman enforced exactly the game I expected. Unless the laws have changed again, a Northampton player was last to play the ball before it reached Kelman. It seems that the red card was given on the advice of the linesman, who was a long way from the incident. But oh well. On to the next one. Adam E. Woodenhood said, uh, I think Woodenhead, sorry, we're going to lose throughout the season, so the, uh, so the loss doesn't concern me, but happy, injured and Beckle red is nothing short of a complete disaster. I don't know what I'm going to do for my fan hub prediction team. No, it'll be interesting to see. Daniel yeah. underscore the 4-4 said, obviously we are in a very good possession, position, but it's worrying that we have not even looked like scoring in the last three games. Without Smith, we look very average. I thought Brown was man of the match today, but we need players like James, Theo and Moncur to step up. We need a striker and a winger in January. Also, our inability to take a good set piece, let alone score from one, is starting to hurt us. We look more likely to concede from one of our corners and score. Yeah, because they counter-attack yeah. us from, for their goal. Um, oh, yeah, interestingly, he mentions needing a winger. So I've seen lots of demands for a centre-back and a striker. Probably one of the only times I've seen someone say we actually need a winger as well. So more things to think about. David Sears 3 said we were poor today. Created nothing, just lumped the ball in the air and that was never going to work against their back four. Losing Happy and Beckles is a real concern. Plus Smith being injured throws another spanner in the works. Yeah, Steve the F1 said puzzled why the injury to Happy prompted a change of shape when Ogie could have been a straight replacement. We had a few tweets about that, about a kind of change of shape once Ogie came on for Happy. No forward threat again. Without Smith, so lots of people saying without Paul Smith we look a bit toothless. Well, one dimensional team, yeah. yeah. Pills of Doman said, with the players we have missing today, it was always going to be tough. Unfortunately, we had to suffer with a shocking referee who had no control of the game and allowed opposition players to waste time whenever they wished uh, to without any threat of punishment. Three points needed on Saturday, and it seems that players play up to that quite a lot. A lot went down with head injuries. Yes. They didn't have head injuries. Yeah, but you, the law of the game is you've got to stop it, haven't you, straight away in case. Correct. Yeah, which suited them and not us. Yeah, obviously. very poor. That The occasional... Uh, Orient Ed, am yeah. I on? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so make no mistake, we were terrible, but the officials were the absolute lowest of the low. Absolute disgraceful. But as I say, this cannot excuse how poor we were. The wheels are coming off, I fear. The occasional one said, I'm afraid Beckles has had a complete mare there. One, not clearing it, gets happy injured. And two, has two chances of heading clear their goal. Three, getting sent. 
Yeah, not a lot of love in the room. Not a good for, day um, for him, unfortunately. No, absolutely. Alan Reeves too says no goals in three. Both centre backs out. January transfer window might just have become more important. Is Harry Smith going to be available? Another big question. Personally, I hope he is, as I can't see who will get will be any best. That's a decent point. So I'll throw it over to you, Mister Levy, because mm-hmm. it's going to come up. Harry Smith after Doncaster. Mm-hmm. So Barrow at home. Mm-hmm. Do you put Harry Smith in the squad? Yep. Do you loan him out? Mm-hmm. What do you do with Harry Smith? Or what would you do if you were Richie Williams with okay. Harry Smith? Okay, so Harry Smith can't play for another EFL club this season yep. because he's already played for two. Yep. So you might as well keep him, okay. in my opinion, because he can do more good for us and he gives us another option uh, of how to play football. Now, everyone thinks just because he's really tall, he loves it in the air and he can win. He's a good footballer with good feet and he offers us something that we don't already have so yes I would keep Harry Smith yes I would play Harry Smith now whether we start him or he comes on as a 70th minute substitution that depends on the game and and what we've scouted the opposition to be Barrow were second not that long ago and they've dropped like a stone down to about 10th or 11th now so they're not doing so well would I give him a game against Barrow quite possibly Quite possibly I would. But again, could he do a job for us at the back as a makeshift centre-back, given that we are short at the back, uh, if we can't get the right body in? Because Richie won't just go out and get anyone in. It will have to be the right defender that is sharp and ready to go. We can't afford to take someone that hasn't played in however long. Um, So there is something to be said for that. But yes, I would keep Harry Smith. Would you keep Harry Smith? Um, Again, I don't know if I have a spanner works here. You've got Kelman, Mm -hmm. who's not going anywhere, right? He's staying at Leighton Orient. He's not going back to QPR. You don't Richie that, loves yeah. Richie yeah. loves him. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Drynan, not going anywhere. Right. Richie loves him. Yeah. Walter to you, going not nowhere. going anywhere. Richie loves him. Harry Smith, not sure about Richie's feelings on him. He says the right things out to the yeah. media. Not yeah. sure about how he internally feels about him. Because True. Like Connor Wood. Yeah. yeah. Like Connor Wood. Jaden Wareham, yeah. Chelsea. There's your five. Yeah. Right? You ain't bringing in number six without getting rid of one, of. One, two, three, four, five. Kelman isn't going anywhere. Dryden's not going anywhere. Sotiriu's not going anywhere. You imagine we're not paying much for Wareham who started today. No. You, Im- you imagine... He's not getting game time, so he who, could possibly who go could back. could possibly go back. That leaves you Harry Smith. Yeah. I can't imagine we bring in one without getting someone out. No, I like Harry Smith. I think Harry Smith's a decent option. Does he fit into Richie Wellington's system? Absolutely not. No. So that's where... And don't forget, Harry Smith for me now falls into the Alabi category of he's out of contract in the summer the only place he can go is into the National League mm-hmm. if he has a stinker in the National League yes. which he might well do if he goes to Barnet Borenwood whoever because he ain't going to go to Wrexham or Chester he, he, his options I would imagine are quite limited if he goes to Borenwood and scores one goal in 14 games if you're, if you're a League 2 club you probably look at him and go nah don't fancy it He's probably better off to sit on Orient's books for four or five months. Trade Pick up hard. his wage and get and his agent could probably get him a one-year deal at another League 2 club or a two-year Give him a chance, yeah. One year. I don't think year. Harry Smith will go anywhere. I also I I don't think Harry Smith will get much game time under Richie. He's probably worth a place on the bench, but at whose expense? And he gets a, he gets a probably gets a medal, a championship medal as well, if we go up, or a promotion medal. I think well, you, you, need to play, you need to play a certain amount of games, so I'm not sure he's right. anywhere... That. But it's an interesting one about Harry Smith. Lots of people wanting his return. He does something view something different. different, but I don't think he's Richie Williams' type of mm. player. But I can't, I can't see him going to a National League club. I just can't. 
Probably not. I can't see it. Probably not. But interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting thoughts. Let us know if you agree or disagree yeah. with that. But just from a time perspective, are we at Samuel LRC yes, we are, yeah. seven? He said it's a disappointing performance. Every team goes through sticky spells. It was never going to be plain sailing through the entire season. Hopefully, a couple of additions, mainly a number nine. As much as we want to win the league, 14 points clear of fourth is all that matters. I Metro. would agree with that. We'll have 300. support team selection with next to no creativity. This may have been enforced, but we were always going to struggle against a decent side. A lack of recent goals is a worry, but can't fault the effort today. Yeah, Dan Alton, 2590, said, couldn't have gone much worse. Um, lost to a close rival who weren't better than us to a goal from our own set piece that we just could we just wouldn't clear. Lost both our centre halves, one of them for at least three games, but these officials never cease to amaze me. Disgraceful. Tommy Atkinson six, it clearly wasn't going to be our day. However, looking at the positives, Stu still two points clear at the top. We're currently facing facts that Smith isn't invincible. So a couple of clever January editions and back to full fitness of our best players and we are still going up. Ryan Peanut said, now we've started using our squad gone downhill. Real drop-off in level from our normal starting eleven. but let's hope this is just a blip. Two home games to react to now. Yeah, fair point there. Ed Jones, 1976, said the officiating was abysmal. The game management by Northampton Town was frustrating, but we fell for it. Didn't play a game other than the first 10 minutes. So lightweight up front, might need a rethink ahead of next week, Richie. Yeah, Ben Porter, CT, said so many things to write down and so few characters. The ref was shocking. Our attack was shocking. First time I agree with other opinions about needing another number nine. I don't think Harry Smith is the answer. Have to bounce back in a big way next match. Gap to fourth is all that matters. E10 underscore rifles was uh, a bit cutting, actually. He says, poor performance and overall a terrible Christmas. We've played second and third three times now and yet to score a goal. We spend too much time passing backwards and sideways and creating very little. Yeah, but with 14 points clear, fourth place, blah, blah, blah. Complacency is a dangerous thing. To this complacency has probably been the key word because Travis has spoken about it. Um, right at the beginning so we won't be complacent it's come up a few times in the tweets I'm sitting here going we're 15 points clear of fourth we'll be alright am I being complacent without realising I'm being complacent <laughs> possibly you are but the point the point is it's all about form and getting a run together isn't it and at the moment it's all well and good sitting back saying yeah we're 15 points clear but that, we were also 8 or 9 points clear of Stevenage not that long ago and now we're just 2 points clear so things can change really quick. Fi- now, don't get me wrong. The Christmas fixture list, fixture you play games really close to each other. The league table table can change very very quickly when you've got nine points in yeah. a week to play for. So it can change really really quickly. Now we've got a game a week for the rest of January, and we're playing like we've said, Stevenage and the Barrow and the Doncaster and you know teams that we can get results against. We just have to have ourselves together and. And, and go ahead and get it. In answer to the complacency side of things, no, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. Maybe mm. I'm being complacent as well and don't realise it. Yeah, I guess we'll find out more over the next... If we're sitting here three weeks tonight after the Stevenage game and from being 14 points clear to being six... Five or six clear. Then, then I think we re- yeah. uh, we engage in that conversation. Yeah. Record, me? Yeah, record, record blue app says we've gone from 16 points to 14 points above fourth. That's not as bad as it could have been. I'd have probably taken that before the Stevenage game. The red card and injuries are a pain, but not worth throwing the toys out of the pram, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, 
keeping the faith, fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. Sam Waffham said, bad result against an average side. Yeah, I mean, again, they didn't really offer that much. They're a good team. When we played them at Brisbane Road, they were a good team and they spanked us back in April last season. They, yeah. should, have, they should have gone up last season. Though. They weren't the same side today as they were then, though. Yeah, but that, but their manager would argue that's how that's how you win Correct. different sides. They and, they, and Sam, we kept Sam, we kept Sam Hoskins fairly quiet. Yeah, one say. shot that Vigoroo saved. Highest goal scorer on EFL we had one shot that Vigoroo saved. All right, let's go off on the rebound, but if that doesn't go and we don't we, do, we haven't even we'll spoken about yeah. Sam Hoskins but they're, they're, they're a decent team yeah absolutely right um, hopefully now all the why is Wareham not starting Brigade realise that there is a reason he's barely played all season Kelman was average proper striker needed hope Happy's injury is not a bad one although Ogie did do well after coming on I do feel a bit sorry for Wareham because he's obviously played today and not had much service if he's got a fit Correct. Paul Smith on one side of him and a, on fire Theo Archibald he's probably getting a one or two chances yeah. off the back of rebounds or whatever. So yeah. I do feel a bit sorry for wearing Essex, Biz. Hope you had a lovely Christmas, John. So disappointing. We need to be cleverer with these type of games. But still, 14 points clear fourth. Saturday is a must win um, to stop the kind of bad run setting in. Now, is John being complacent? I, I've got no idea. I Dave eight, Dave M1812 said, worst display of the season, worst referee display of the season. Wareham and Kelvin are too lightweight. Northampton are nothing special and obviously taught to hold their head uh, when going down. Hope Happy's injury is not serious as suddenly low on centre-backs. Trust Richie to sort it. 1881 more. Another new Twitter handle on me says, we are still going up. There's always a blip in a promotion season. Come on, you O's. Tom Davies, E17, said, as at Wimbledon, when a game gets bad-tempered, our usually excellent game management and astuteness goes out the window. We need to sort out our discipline in these sorts of games. Conway underscore Nigel said, the most annoying thing for me is that Happy's injury was actually caused by the usual casual from Beckles which he had to cover and got injured in the process Orion underscore 36 said my watchword of the season is patience the team didn't show any today and lost but we have plenty of leeway to allow for it we should still be fine good tweet and we have to throw this one in at the end Gary Talbot 7 says Bon is going nowhere at QPR Surely a three-month loan would suit both parties. Now, we've been tagged in quite a bit about Macaulay Bond. Obviously, everyone listening to this knows Macaulay Bond's history with Orient. We all love him. I think we'd all go crazy if we sign him. Let's be honest. Yeah. Social media would explode. You'd sign we'd, him we'd, back? We'd be champions. You'd sign him back? I'd sign him back in a heartbeat. Oh. Uh, me, me signing Macaulay Bond isn't the question here that's up for debate. I think he would fit perfectly into one of his system. He's a hard-working hard forward. Player. He chases Wins everything down. He's a sniffer. <laughs> Do I think we've got any hope of signing Macaulay Bond? Very little, I yeah. would say. Last season... He went to Ipswich Town, a very, very high team up in League One. His Obviously, hometown club. His hometown club. Would he come to League Two? I honestly think he'll get better offers on the table. I know, I I know he's got an emotional attachment to Orient. Yeah. And I think probably at some point he does come back to Orient. I don't think this is the point for him to come back to Orient. I, I would love to be proven wrong. I'd love to wake up tomorrow to news that we've signed Bond. I f- that'd be amazing. I just can't see it. I just think he'll get better offers. I think a, a decent League One club would go in for him and get him someone like maybe even a Peterborough looking at their current form to go you know what if we got him on loan we can afford him if QPR pay most of the, most of the salary he's yeah. not going to end up at QPR he won't end up in the championship but I, mm. think, I just think he'll get a better <laughs> offer and if he was a London boy it might be different With like George Moncur obviously the London thing's a massive factor I don't think the London thing's a massive factor to McCauley because mm. he's not a London boy he lives, yeah. he lives out in, out in Ipswich and I think, he'll, I think he'll want a big deal. 
because obviously I think his missus was pregnant. I'm sure she's pregnant. Yeah, I think. So I, I, I think that I think the next move for him is like a two or a three year big deal and a big contract somewhere. And I just I just think ultimately he'll get a better offer elsewhere. As much as it breaks my heart, yeah. I I I'd love him back at Orient. I don't think there's a an Orient fan who you would talk to who would say if you could get Bond back, would you have him? I don't think there's any Orient fan who would go no, I wouldn't have Bond back. Mm. I just think financially, I just don't think it it works. However, Mr. Travis, I know you're listening. Mr. T, I know you're listening. Martin Ling, you're probably not, but if Mi- you are... Mr. Samaka, please make that deal. Richie. Coley, sort a- it out. Absolutely, would love it. I mean, what do you think? I would love to have Macaulay Bond back. Um, I think to your point earlier, though, you'd probably have to shift one or two out. So you probably, the Smith and the Wareham would probably go um, because you'd keep the Kelman. It would be a... You'd if have to offer him a lot of money. I don't know that you would necessarily because we're a League Two club. Your expectations are that you're not going to get 8, 10, 12, 15 grand a week at a League Two club. If QPR subsidised his wages, like I believe um, Hull are subsidising or have subsidised, or I believe they've subsidised some of jo- uh, some of Moncur's um, salary so that he could take the step down from the Championship to a League Two club. You have to understand that we don't have a salary structure that would a cut that would allow us to sign a player yeah. on on top four figures or even five figure salaries per week. So either you're going to come as a passion project to help us lift the trophy, go up, or ju- just as a straight promotion, yeah. and you get that on your CV as a second promotion on your CV. And you do it as a bit of a passion project because you can add value to what we're doing and you, you love the club because we helped you. You do it for that and not the money. Fine. If you're looking for a paycheck, it isn't going to be at Leighton Orient. Charlie Austin is a classic example of passion project. It's his yes. hometown club. It's where he started his career. He's 33 years old. He doesn't need any more money in his bank balance because mm. he's made, you would imagine, Australia. a fair wedge yeah. in the Premier League at a decent time to be a Premier League footballer. Yeah doesn't need the money so he can go and do a passion project I don't think McCauley Bond's at that moment in his career where he can do a passion project and not care about the money or getting paid three grand a week as opposed to a six or a seven maybe somewhere that for that substantial difference yeah. of money yeah. again love to see it there's nothing more I'd like to wake up to any day in January that McCauley Bond is an O again we would be loving it Twitter would be an amazing place if it happened it's a bit like Jay Simpson coming back. Remember when yeah, Jay Simpson yeah, came back? Yeah. And went, oh, we're going to walk the league. And it turned out... I, I don't think it would work out like that. I think Bond could be an ultimate piece of a puzzle. I think in the summer, if he stays... At, I mean, we spoke about Harry Smith leaving QPR. It's a dangerous move for Bond. Harry, Harry sorry, Harry Smith leaving Orion and maybe having a bad loan spell somewhere. Yeah. Obviously, that's a very dangerous thing for Macaulay Bond to do. Macaulay yeah. Bond could go to a League One club like Oxford. Somewhere like that. A team, a big League One team who aren't doing so well have a terrible time God forbid, break a leg and sacrifice a, a deal in the, summer. in the summer. He might want to stay at QPR and go, I'm going to see this out and just see what Orient... If if I'm a big passion project to him, if see it was me, one. I would sit back, go, oh, do you know what, I'm on, I don't need to play football. I can keep myself fit. I know I'm going to get decent offers from League One, League Two. I'm just going to do nothing. I'm going to enjoy the birth of my kid, train hard, keep myself in shape, tell my agents, go out and get me the best deal. And in the summer, if I'm in the League One... 
Yeah, okay. Maybe I think about it more. But is he going to want to wait for six months? Uh, sorry, where eight months before he plays a game of football de- in de- anger? Depends on the player's mo- Depends on his motivation. I, I don't. I don't play. know what his motivation he'd is. He'd want to play wherever he goes now. He just wants to play for. He's not playing at QPR. Yeah. They don't love him there. They want him out. From what I hear, he's been uh, probably told he can leave in January, and I dare say that he will probably take that opportunity to get out to play football. He won't go somewhere where he's not going to play. Yeah, well, we, we, should just, we should just call him. We've got his number. We should just text him. We're going to call him. Just come on the podcast and just. Explain yourself. Maybe next time, Mr. Bonnie, Mr. Bonnie, if you're listening, because we know you've got still connection with Ryan, if you're listening, give us a text, mate, because we yeah. still love you, mate. Yeah, cool. Right, final word then this week. If yeah. you've nothing else to add to, Is it the, me or you? to the Macaulay Bond yeah, go for uh, it. side of things, Trouser Techno ends this week, he says, and we're at an hour 50 at the moment, so let's get this wrapped up. <laughs> uh, rather sharpish, a rather scrappy, unpleasant game gifted to Northampton Town by sloppy defending for their goal and the referee disallowing our goal, which should have been allowed. A draw would have been a fair result, but that was not to be as Northampton did whatever they needed to fair or foul to hold on we move on so let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out we have spoken about complacency we have spoken about Harry Smith we have spoken about Omar Beckles we have spoken about Macaulay Bond we've had loads of tweets tonight but you can still send us your views on anything we've talked about or anything else you can tweet us at Orient Outlook you can email us at OrientOutlook at Outlook.com you can Facebook us at Orient Outlook Podcast and you can even Insta us at Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast but lots of talking points over the last two and a half weeks at the Orient so T and C Harley Prediction League update because that has now switched over so well done to S Leela 1990 Steve White LFC Paul R Gregory and Strop underscore O who all predicted today's correct result and get three points so that means the top of the Prediction League currently stands as follows that tall O's fan is leading the way on 30 points David Landau 17 is just behind on 22 points uh, O's fan basing is on 20 points and shared at 19 points of Ben Whitlock 13 and Wings Mad. Thanks to everybody for all of your predictions, not only last year, but from today's game as well. Yeah, so an hour, 50 minutes. It has been three matches and a Travis interview. So let's wrap this bad boy up. So fantasy football is back. Chris Wagstaff is top of our Orient Outlook podcast. Fantasy Football League is on 1,141 points. He's only four points ahead of Lewis Fear in second place. I'm in 188th place out of 355 players. So glad to have that back in our lives. Absolutely. You can do positives this week. Okay, no problem. So we've got two clean sheets from three games. Not a bad thing at all. We are still top of the league. Let's not forget that. Yeah, negatives. I'm going to take your two clean sheets and up your net one. So we haven't scored in any of our festive fixtures of our freeze that's probably quite a big concern actually Um, the second negative is Beckles well centre back pairing of Beckles suspended and Dan Happy's injury I think a massive impact to go into our next three games without our first choice centre back pairing and our last negative is Paul Smith's injury and the illness in the squad so actually for probably the first time this season more negatives than positives at the end of a podcast. Although still very two good positives yep. to have. Absolutely. So T and C Harlow are now the hero of the Fortnite sponsor. So we didn't put this out for a vote and we've pretty much gone unanimously and yeah. awarded the hero of the Fortnite to... Yeah, it's all of the away fans who travelled up to Newport last week and to Northampton today. Well done to everyone yeah. making an absolutely tremendous Monumentous effort. So it's Monday tonight, only one fixture coming up next week as we host Doncaster on Saturday the 7th of January. I thought Doncaster were on the table. I was shell-shocked actually to see where they were in the they table. Were. They are 
eighth yeah. place Research. out of nowhere. Research got a new manager. Don't know who he is. They got someone in in like November. They beat Carlo United at home yesterday on New Year's Day, two one. The last six they've won three, they've lost three as well. I think this one's going to be harder than what I thought it was going to be. Um, going to be a big match this one. I think Nigel was spoken about it and uh, oh. What, one of the directors uh, who I've forgotten, Marshall Taylor, uh, tweeted about it. The amount of noise at home is uh, something that I think the club feel they could be improved on. So if you're going and you fancy a sing-song, feel free to do so. I think from the South, actually, I should have mentioned it. Steve, I thought it was pretty loud against Steve. Yeah. From the South stand, anyway, obviously they couldn't hear it where they were, where they sit. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was quite well. I thought, I thought it was strange. Good yeah. atmosphere against Stevenage, but as always, the South stand will endeavour um, to sing out to deliver I was proud yeah so sponsorship reminder don't forget if you are thinking of moving home keep it in the Orient family save a few quid I know this is the wrong way around (laughs) yeah uh, because we haven't changed it you can use uh, trusted estate agents town and country Essex call them on 01279 883444 or 07528 471 497 or contact them at TNC Harlow on Twitter and obviously a shout to to John at uh, Carol Langley Florist in absolutely next podcast it will be the other way around so that is it thank you for joining us for episode a bumper episode 304 and a tough set of christmas fixtures so i'll pick up two draws and a loss keeping two more clean sheets in the process but overall a disappointing two points from nine achieved over that period in the january transfer window is now open and we've already seen connor would move on loan to our essex neighbors colchester and as nigel said in our chat four players have been offered new deals and richie said in his post-match interview from today that he'll be looking at bringing some new players in so we look forward to seeing who signs up and who becomes an O and the games don't get any easier. We've got a tough fixture at home to Doncaster Rovers on Saturday, but we should still feel very positive and optimistic about the second half of this season after a superb first half to the season. Yeah, if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give our podcast a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you get your podcast from. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn and Stitcher, please do add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We're also on smart speakers and fan hub apps so listening to this podcast has got even easier. If you have an older relative, a loved one or an Orient chum or anyone who has a passing interest in Leighton Orient who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone, download it for them and pass the pod. Yeah, so we are back with episode 305 on Sunday, only six days away. A much short podcast, uh, my I add, is on be. the way with yeah. all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.